Welcome back. We're back. Another episode of the No Further Comments podcast, a.k.a. the NFC. I'm your co-host, Alex Meacham. And to my left... To the left. ...is the talented, well-informed, and usually penless Glenn Riley. What it do? Two-week hiatus, and we are back. We are back. After the, the, the holiday breaks, after the uh, the arrest warrants and, and, and subpoenas, <laughs> we, we, have, we have made our way back to the back to the microphones. And uh, in the booth, we've got to give him a shout out. Is our super producer, super producer, Mario Doremus, a.k.a. Mar- super Mario, a.k.a. Rio Grande. A.k.a. Mario Winans. A.k.a. <laughs> Casanova. Now I'm playing. Oh wow. <laughs> he's, he's, he's getting he's getting started early. Number eighteen. Number eighteen. The week of January second, two thousand seventeen. It's a new year. New year, new me. I'm gonna work out this year. I'm I'm gonna be a better person. I'm gonna leave all all of my BS <laughs> in twenty sixteen. Let me ask you this question. If if you're not if you don't wanna say this on the podcast, that's fine. How much do you weigh now compared to what you weighed at the beginning of the year? Is there a big difference? No, probably maybe five pounds more. I guess I'm not. I'm not. I haven't weighed myself, but I would imagine that's it. I still roughly look the same. So you plan to work out more? Do you plan to lose weight? Anything different? No, I just need to go, go to the gym more often. Mario, what about you? Do you weigh about the same? Uh yeah, I, I weigh the exact same as I did. Mario's in fighting condition. Mar- Mario looks like like he could he could um um give Felix Trinidad a run for his money right about now. Well, speaking of that, Mario came to the boxing class that I go to on Saturdays. Oh okay. Yeah, Mario shows up occasionally. Okay. Right, Rio. Iron Mike. Uh, not not so much Iron Mike, but it's yeah. it's it's, it's, it's kind of like what's the, what's a the grade below Iron. I'm right there. We don't know the alloys at this, this point. <laughs> so, what did you do for uh, New Year's, Glenn? Oh, I didn't do nothing. I, I probably was in, in bed by ten thirty. Now, you're not a New Year's Eve fan. I'm not. I'm not a, 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 a party fan. Period. I do so much. Like nobody's schedule is con- like like mine. Like I'm just off four and a half days a week. So. I, I'm pretty much doing things where everybody else is at their job. And then when people are going out, I'm like, well, I've already done that. Like, people don't even see me at stores. Like, because I'm, I'm, I'm shopping at, like. When people are working, you're shopping. Yeah, yeah. And then so, so like, it's a lot of people who, like, know me a long time. And, like, man, I haven't seen you in, like, like 10 years. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm out here. but <laughs> I'm out here. So you didn't do much? You just hung out? No, nah, yeah, I just chilled. Okay. Uh, Mario, what'd you do for New Year's Eve? Uh, I, was, I just I went out to the casino. Uh, obviously, uh, with friends, Jamal obviously was in town, so right went out uh, with him. Show love. Uh, Did you win anything? Had a grand old time. No, it wasn't that type of party, Glenn. Oh, okay, it's a, the and correct me if I'm wrong, Mario, but they basically take the ballroom in the Jack Casino. And they throw a couple DJs up, and it's just like a big party, right, you, Mario? You can't go down exactly to the, you can't go down to the to the to the slots. No, no, you can't. Okay. There was a lot of people down there playing. Yeah, yeah. Like you playing. go back, go up and down, right? Yeah, no, you yeah, yeah. you free will to leave. But you know, I don't I don't tell you what kind of party it is. But I don't want to. I mean, nobody. I mean, the people are more upstairs. Yeah, dancing. Not no one's really like, right? No, no, no. The tables were packed because last year 
What was it? Was it last year we were there or was it the year before? The year before. Was it the year before? And everybody was up. I mean, it was packed upstairs. Yeah. That, that's when, um, was that the year that DJ Clark Kent came in or was that? Well, that was a, for, back to, uh, for Bigger Than Sneakers. Okay. That was the Bigger Than Sneakers party. Yeah, but but the, there was the, there was one at the, yeah, it was a, the a, a casino. Yeah, it was, a, it was an elite DJ. Nothing is bigger than sneakers. What was the uh, casino called before the Jack? Horseshoe. Horseshoe. That's right. So one thing that happens to me, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but whenever there's a the change in the year, it takes me at least two weeks to write down the correct year. Yes, yeah, weird. I wrote it. I actually was uh, writing my rent check um, a couple of days ago, and I wrote um, 2071. <laughs> so, <laughs> you were ahead so, of the game? Yeah, so I was like, uh, yeah, you got to wait a while to cast this one. <laughs> Yeah, it usually takes me a while. I'll mess that up for a while. Yeah. So you said something. I want to just touch on this really quickly. I've always felt the way that New Year's, the New Year's Eve parties are overrated. Okay. They're very expensive. You know, you've got to pay. You know, some bars you get in for free. And uh-huh. their deal is you get in free, and they they basically say, we're going to basically sell you more drinks if we let you in free. Yeah, you're gonna buy. You're gonna, we're gonna make our money at the alcohol. Yeah, right. So those places on New Year's Eve that are historically free are now, you know, fifty bucks to get in. What was the casino? Fifty bucks, Mario. Yeah, it was fifty to get in. Fifty bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was invited to a friend's house, but it's like uh, my cat got a new house. Him and his his wife like, but they're like way on the other side of town. I mean. And I don't want to go there, like, knowing nothing about the lay of the land. I mean, and you, you're driving back at 3 a.m. and people is, you know, Yeah, you, you're intoxicated. all about the house party. You love the house oh, party. Oh, the, ha- the house party. Alex threw one of the last great, great house parties uh, of, of our lives. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that is true. That, that, was, that, was, that was real hot. I was... Uh, Try my damnedest to um get it get it kindred that that night. It did, it did, it did go down. It it and if I check Facebook now, I believe she's happily married. So so, so shout out to the God Kendra. That 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 was uh what year was that? God, that might have been like this was two thousand one or two. Okay, wasn't was, I didn't know was it right? was in two two thousand possibly. I I thought it was. I don't remember, but yeah. that 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 was a good time. Yeah, but I, I'm with you. I, I love house parties as well because you, you you're kind of in a controlled yeah. environment, opposed to sometimes when you're out at a bar, you can't really control what someone else is going to do. Yeah, and and my thing is, you go out and it's just loud. And part of the benefit of, of, of what I'm doing is, I'm talking, I'm speaking, I'm saying stuff that that that. That that the females are are nodding their head in agreement with, and and it it builds up a a, a aura of, of pro Glenn sentiment, and you you don't get that at at say a, a Skippers or or a Caddies. Nobody knows what Skippers. <laughs> these, these these are these are now now defunct nightclubs of, of Cincinnati. They should have been defunct when they were when they were. <laughs> but so so if if a if a club is is too loud, you can't hear people talk. Right, and that's your go-to. However, however, your other go-to was to draw. So you can draw no, no, a that's, picture that's, of that's it. What, that's, what, that's, that's, that's what Mario thinks would be the advantage. You could you could draw a picture of them at the club, yeah, yeah. and hand it to them. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like like I'm I'm the David Blaine of art. <laughs> so um, oh, one thing I, I want to talk about this. 
If um, we don't get to these uniform numbers. <laughs> we're we're going to get to them. We got, hey, we've been off two weeks, man. we got a lot to cover. Gotta catch up. One of the things that we're going to do, and um, Glenn and I talked about this before. we got to get a couple things ironed out. But uh, Anderson Community Television here locally in Cincinnati, in the public access, will be able to air on TV and YouTube our podcast. Um, we have to get a couple things uh, cleared through public access, which the little paperwork's been filled out and all that stuff, and then we'll be able to put that up. So you'll be able to not only listen on SoundCloud, iTunes, you'll be able to check it out on YouTube, and it'll run on public access. So we yeah. got to step our gear up. Yeah, yeah, people got to have to, um, you know, if they want us to wear something, there'll be sponsorship dollars involved, be, be, be an elaborate <laughs> process. So let's let's go ahead and jump into it since you're uh, you're ready to go. So episode eighteen, the Jersey game, the let's, one and the eight. Let's start with baseball. Uh, Daryl Strawberry. Here we go. Uh, always a problem. <laughs> uh, and um, Andy Van Slyke is the other one I had. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one. Barry Bonds hated Andy Van Slyke. Why is that? <laughs> Because Barry Bonds was a jerk, and he thought that they were they were giving Vance like the pub because he was the white guy, and, okay. as opposed to him or, or Bobby Bonilla. Uh, football. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. You got before, somebody in baseball? Yeah, yeah, I got somebody. Oh, okay, Moises Alou. Okay, can't forget about him. I'm I'm reading a book about the Expos right now. Really? Yeah, it's called Up, Up and Away. It's the history of the Montreal Expos. Let me know if they talk about the uniforms and the hats, because yeah. I, I told you the story about the hat. That, you uh, did, yeah, yeah. I heard it's a really good book. Oh, okay, yeah. It's about um, Jonah Carey. Um, I guess um, formerly Grantland. I don't know if he's with the Ringer or not, but yeah. So, so one thing um, that I saw on Moises Alou, he is one of the few baseball players to not wear a batting glove when he bats. Okay, and the reason why, and this is true, is because he pees on his hands. Before he bats, that's the reason I don't wear wear gloves either. <laughs> so you you peed on your hands before the podcast. Everyone. <laughs> yep. And also, they said that he was a big time prankster. So he's the guy that when somebody <laughs> falls asleep in the locker room, okay. he, he's drawing like a mustache on their face. Or, oh, okay. Or doing some stupid <laughs> or, or stuff to him. Or he's peeing on their hands. <laughs> he's peeing on them. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, quick, quickly before we before we uh, jump to the next, Kenyon Martin. My former teammate, former Bearcat great, NBA legend. When he was a rookie, they haze rookies in the NBA sometimes. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> and what they did was he bought a new car, and he pulled in for game day. <laughs> this is so funny. And when he went in to change and, and go out to warm up, some of the veterans, and they do this to rookies all the time, they paid – the managers to go out and take those uh, foam little popcorn looking things okay. that you you know you, you package things with. They filled his I car remember that. Yeah. with it, and then they duct taped around the car so you couldn't open it. Okay. <laughs> so, so the game's over, and Kenyon goes out there, and he comes back in to the locker room. Now, this is this is a rookie. And he storms in, and people are still there because they wanted to see his reaction. So they're still there. And he goes down the line, and he says, I will kick 
every one of y'all's ass if somebody doesn't go fix this. Whoever did it, he's like, I don't care who did it. This is this is a rookie. Yeah, yeah. And they said people were so scared of him, they immediately went out and fixed his car. Okay. Kenyon Martin, ladies and gentlemen. Well, they should. I mean, because that, that – I don't know. Like – the the popcorn's fine, but the duct tape duct duct tape can take can take off the paint. Like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you 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 clowning now? Like like if you mess this up, this is gonna be like, you know, seven eight thousand dollars. Yeah. So so yeah. I mean, I'm sure he wasn't driving. Uh, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> a Mitsubishi. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hope not. Okay, let's go into basketball. Uh, kind of a down one, but we do have uh, Phil Jackson. Phil. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Knickerbocker great. What do you th- what do you think about all his comments recently? Uh, he's kind of out of line. I mean, Phil says stuff to like he he's astute enough to know what the context of what he's saying is. And and he may have not have meant it initially, but for him to act as though he doesn't get what he said, that that that's disingenuous. So, what do you think about LeBron's reaction to the the posse comments? I don't think he he could have not taken offense to it. I don't think it was something that was blatant, but I think he felt he should do that, you know, because it's, it's like, you know, he's defending his boys. It's not right. – he himself probably didn't mind, but he gets the connotation that, um, that you know, his friends being, you know, young black entrepreneurs who might, might not have the pedigree of other people in, in, in that sphere – and I'm sure they know there's a lot of shade being thrown at them from every angle, right. and, and and it probably is necessary for him to on on a you know a time or two to come out and let people know like look if you if you say something sidearm about them you gonna you know you gonna get it from the top as opposed to them having to you know say it themselves whatever you know so let let the let the record show okay. So who else do you have? Uh, that's it in basketball. You got anybody? I've got a Newport, Kentucky legend. Okay. Dave Cowens. Okay. Dave Cowens is another cat. I can say there's like 50 Celtics that I'm like, I don't I I, I don't have no visual um ability to 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 come up with what they did. I just know they were they were great players. Especially that that 70s era, like post yeah. the the post Russell pre bird Celtics. Uh, I'm sure they won a title in there at some point, I believe, but I, I still don't really. I think I, I could be mistaken, but I think he won possibly one or two. Okay. I think. Yeah. Now, they have a uh, a street named after him here. Okay. Dave Cowan's Drive in Newport, Kentucky. Uh-huh. Played at Florida State, but I got one for you. He is one of only four players in the NBA to lead their team in points, rebounds, assists, blocks, and steals okay. for an entire season. There are three other players that have, that have done this in the NBA. Can you name those three? What's that now? Okay, I'll say it again. Dave Cowens is one of four players in NBA history to lead their team in points, rebounds, assists, blocks, and steals for an entire season. Mm, the big O? Nope. Will Chamberlain? Nope. LeBron. Uh, LeBron's one. So we've got two. Dave Cowens and LeBron. LeBron, we got two more. Mike. Nope. Nope. Uh, 
Only other person I can really think of that might be close would be Tim Duncan. That's a that's a good guess, but it's not. I'm trying to think who. Jason Kidd? Nope. Manute Ball. <laughs> no, nah, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'll give you the I'll give you the next one. Kevin Garnett. Okay, I can see that. The 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 last one. You probably wouldn't guess it, but I believe he did it during the season that the best player on the team had retired. Scotty. Scotty Pippen. Okay. I heard today that when Jordan left to play baseball, there was a trade on the table with um, Seattle, mm-hmm. primarily for Kemp, for Pippen to swap with Kemp. But, um Seattle would have gotten. Uh, I mean, it, Pippen was the only one departing the um, Bulls, but um, I think Ricky Pierce was coming as well okay. too. And essentially, uh, I believe Seattle nixed it. Why is that? I mean, that was when when Kemp was at his apex. Hmm. Yeah, and so when Jordan comes back, theoretically, that could have been. Sean Kemp as opposed to and, and and certainly Rodman doesn't make you know Rodman and Kemp probably can't play together right so so that's a little bit a little little bit of NBA history there that, that, that never, never happened yeah no doubt it would it would have been four rings do you do you think that they were looking to trade Pippen because of the attitude problems they had I don't know but I, I it, it would it would seem likely um Plus, Pippen had like he was always underpaid, and I think he was looking to get you know a really big time contract. I think Pippen always had some bad blood because he had grown up poor, and they kind of got him on a long term contract just because he needed security, and he always felt kind of done wrong by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> at least that's what Scotty tells me. Scotty P. All right, what well, we have? Uh, football. Uh, oh, Peyton Manning. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, okay. Did we forget somebody, Mario? You forgot Omri Caspi of the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> now proceed to football. And, and Peyton Manning. <laughs> oh, Mario. You're the best. All right, Glenn, football. Peyton Manning for the eighth time. <laughs> yep. Uh, Randy Moss briefly at um, the Oakland Raiders. Okay. Which were the worst years of his career? Um, it was that. What what year did he say straight cash, homie? Uh, that was, was when that he the was, Vikings. Yeah, he was still with the Vikings. Okay. Yeah. Um, Hall of Famer Charlie Joyner. Okay. Of the Air Coriel Dan Fouts um, San Diego Chargers, I believe when he retired, he was the all time leader in receptions in NFL history, and of course locally, Chad. You know what I mean. AJ Green, AJ. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Which, which I, I want to jump into that talk real quick. AJ Green. I know we're gonna, I know we're gonna get into NFL here in a little bit, but yeah. let, let's talk AJ Green right now. What did you think about the situation? Of I did not like it at all, sir. Okay. Why? Because he was thirty six yards from getting a thousand yard season, and he would have been only the second player in NFL history with fellow eighteen, Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. to start his career with six um, um, consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. 
and I believe seven is the record. Like basically, as long as AJ Green is healthy, he's going to get a thousand yard season for the foreseeable future. Right. And that just looks real good on the resume. If you could have said, oh, AJ Green had, you know, started his career with nine, ten consecutive, you know, thousand yard seasons. And he was arguably the best receiver in the NFL this year, midway through. And it's I don't know, it's just really unfortunate. I mean, I understand both points of view and it looks kind of cheesy if you just have you been there, you know, for run a couple plays to get the yardage and then, then get out. But I don't know. I, 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 I didn't like the way that went down, especially once he, you know, it was kind of thought that he was coming back for week 15 right, or whatever it right. is. And, and, and it just. Well, he actually was at the game and then he flew back home to Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. Left the game. Yeah. Do you do you think that was something they mutually agreed on or he was just upset? It doesn't sound like that was mutually agreed upon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would be unfortunate. I mean, you can't piss off your star player. Yeah. It would be something I wouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about a lot over the last couple of weeks. Do you fire Marvin Lewis this yeah. year? And you have stood your ground and said, no, no, no. And there was a report. There was a report. That he was going to retire. Yeah. At the end of the season. Then he came out and said. He said, no, 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 Bob. I'll be back next year. Thoughts on that? I guess he'll be back next year. No, I mean, do you, do you, do you think he should have been fired? Do you think he should have retired? Let somebody new come in? Uh, No. I mean, like this year was a, a wash because of. You essentially play the toughest schedule in the NFL for six weeks, and then when you get to the point in which you're supposed to just start knocking off the lesser teams, you basically got depleted of four of your best five players. And just on and off, A.J. and Eifert really never played together. You lose both your running backs by the, the season's end. Burfick is in concussion protocol, you know, one out of every three weeks. So you can't put that on the coach. I hear you. Like, at a certain point, you just almost want change for change's sake. But if you're purely evaluating Marvin for, you know, what he's done, I don't think you can really, you know, it wasn't negligence this year. You can't blame him for for kickers missing kicks. Right. So, Mario. Let me ask you this question. Do you think that Marvin Lewis should have been let go, fired, resigned, retired, whatever you want to call it? Uh, look, this is the way I feel about Marvin Lewis and the whole Bengals situation. Growing up, the Bengals were terrible. They were an absolute joke until Marvin Lewis got here. Yeah. Okay. Marvin Lewis has put them in the best position to win. And I, I think, I mean, after five consecutive years of going to the playoffs, a down year, I think you don't judge him on this year, but, you know, if next year things don't improve, then I think you would make a move. I think this year is, is kind of a year that you don't really pin it on him. Okay. So you you agree with Glenn? Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's hold that. We're going to talk NFL here shortly. We have a special guest that's going to call in to talk NFL with us. I want to quickly get into college football. College athletics. The table has been set. January 9th in Tampa, Florida. Clemson takes on Alabama. Let's talk about the games 
<laughs> Mario, Mario's making a face. Let's talk about the games that led up to that. Alabama beat Washington 24-7. Clemson beat Ohio State 31-0. Alabama beating Washington. Thoughts on that game? Which, that, which the Alabama players said Washington players were soft. Yeah, I don't believe that. They, they, did, they didn't dominate them like they were soft. Um, if Scarborough doesn't break around three tackles in that game, it could be very different. But um, I don't know. It, it, Alabama's one of these teams that you have to take advantage of the opportunities that you have. And it's really strange because you basically go into the game knowing, well, we can't run. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to get any yards in traditional rush plays. So, you know, it is what it is. You and, and, and they have the perimeter talent to do something, but – you can't make mistakes. You can't have turnovers, which they did. You, you, you mean, you basically almost have to play. I don't think you have to play perfect, but you have to. Um, you 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 can't play an equal game with Alabama when Alabama has the best talent year in and year out. So, well, did you see that Lane Kiffin was let go today? Yeah, they didn't like the the play calling. They didn't think he was putting um, um, Jalen Hurts in the best position to win. Now, do you do you think it was Lane's mind was at his new job opposed to nah. Alabama's team? No, but I think it, it it it's Lane Kiffin seems to be someone who who people universally want to punch. <laughs> so he seems like that rich, spoiled kid that well, you just don't like. Yeah, and I mean his, his wife is super pretty and everything. So, so I mean, I think it's just a point in which she people went to University kinda, of Florida. Well, great. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Yeah, so it's just like at a certain point, I think people say, like, you know, you, you can't be – we can't risk you you not having your head in the game. And I, I heard, like, even um, the week prior, it was nonsense. Like, he would go to the offensive meetings, but he wasn't, like, allowed the recruiting meetings. And it's kind of like a weird, you know, foot in, foot out type deal with him right now and the thing is with with Lane Kiffin he's he's got a history of everywhere he's gone it's kind of been a bad breakup but when he started at Alabama no one thought it was going to end well yeah (laughs) how does he continue to get jobs well I mean you got to ask the people who keep hiring I mean he's good but he doesn't seem um on the like I don't understand it because he, he he's he fails, and then I'm not saying he's failing upward, but he fails, and then he gets a lateral move, and yeah. it's kind of like I don't I don't think that would, that would be um, that would happen in, in, with too many people. I just blame it on white privilege. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Clemson, Ohio State, thirty-one to zero, and I believe I heard that was the first time Urban Meyer has been shut out in a bowl game. Yeah, it really, it, it made me wish that I'd gone out um, New Year's Eve, because that that was pretty much uh, a sad show. And it, it it pretty much from jump you realize that Clemson's defensive line was not going to have pretty much any problem with Ohio State's offensive line and and everything. It's kind of a misnomer to say there was a shutout because they missed like two makeable field goals to start uh-huh. and then throughout the second half they just went for it on every fourth down so it could have easily been 15 points on the board if you were just kicking field goals every time you got close but you know 
you know, if you're trying to win the game and it's seventeen nothing and it's in the late in the third quarter, I don't know if a field goal is what what gets you. So now, now going into the game, you felt Ohio State was going to win the game, correct? Mm, I was on defense because I felt they were really even teams, but Clemson has the better quarterback and. He doesn't run a whole lot, but when he does run, it always counts. Like like when when he runs, it's you know it's it's a first down. Uh huh. And Ohio State Barrett and and Barrett didn't run. It didn't seem a whole lot this game. He was getting sacked constantly, but Barrett is really great at like he's gonna make like a four yard run on first down and a four yard run on second down. It just keeps the chains moving. And they did. It didn't say they did a whole lot of the um the read option up the middle like they normally do. But then again, like Clemson just seemed to be manhandling. So it is what it is. Mario, your impression of the game? Well, Clemson showed up. Ohio State. Well, Clemson showed up. Uh, <laughs> things just kind of went the way I expected. I mean. Oh, so you expected that. The better the better team won. Now, now Mario, let me let me ask you this. Hold on, hold on. You expected Clemson to dominate Ohio yeah. State that way. You have to you have to be in the minority. Now I'm not a big Ohio State fan at all, but you have to be in the minority in that. Do you agree? I, I will say that I am. An, I, I did expect for Samuels to make a bigger impact. I think they did a really good job of taking him away. Uh, I really like J.C. Barrett. That's one thing I can say. Like I don't like many Ohio State players, and I never have traditionally. But Elliott and uh, Barrett are probably two exceptions. I uh, don't really like. I said I don't really care for anybody on the team, but it's a shame. But I really, I think that Clemson did a great job of just taking Samuel's way, who is probably the the biggest playmaker on the team for Ohio State as, as far as offense goes. But I mean, I I would say that Clemson is just a better overall team, and I think that they have they had a bigger chip on their shoulder knowing that they came up short last year. Okay. So let, let's talk a little bit about the championship game. Let's talk about predictions. Glenn? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I hate to be, you know, if you get of the moment, you think Clemson is, is primed for the win, but I don't know. It, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't sound like a good idea to ever pick against Alabama. It's just, it's just too much talent on every, you know, it, it, every position they got a five-star star recruit. So True. And and I really love their quarterback. Like like, I'm I'm really I'm hoping Clemson wins because if if Alabama wins now, it's tough not to see them winning the next two. Right. Yeah. Mario, your predictions. Well, I think that uh, I think Clemson will win because I think that Dabble Sweeney will out coach Nick Saban. That's a bold statement. Really? Yeah. How do, how do you figure that? Well, I feel like uh, Dabble has the, the personality trait uh, of a coach, which he can get players to buy in in very big games. And I think that knowing that they just lost to this team last year in the same exact situation, like he will get these guys to run through a wall. I'm not saying that Saban can't, but I think that, you know, Dabble really, you know, knowing that they lost last year in the national championship, and I can just tell how bad, like, he wants it, how bad he's got those players to buy in. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like they want it even more. I think I think Clemson will win, and it'll be 
a three point a three point swing. I'm going to go thirty one to twenty eight. I'll write this down. Thirty one, twenty eight. How about that Clemson. Florida State Michigan game though? How about that? Uh oh, Rio. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> when it, it, it's really funny to see, you know, when Ohio State fans when when their team lose, when they lose, especially in the fashion that they lost. Oh, I'm, the I'm, fashion I'm, that they lost. I'm comfortable with with Michigan losing by a point. You know, you know who I really love on Michigan. <laughs> Davion Smith. When when he gets the ball, I feel zero fear that it, it's gonna be for 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 anything good. I mean, that guy gets the ball. And it's like it's never more than two yards. But he but he led the team in rushing touchdowns this year. And <laughs> well, he, someone's got and to. He, and he averaged over five yards, or he averaged nearly five yards a carry. So well, okay, well, he he didn't do it towards the end when it mattered. Hey, it's fine. Hey, but they weren't playing to go to a national championship. Yeah, I know. No, okay. <laughs> and, and you know why? Well, I mean, obviously, I don't know if Ohio State was really playing to go to a national championship either the way that they were playing. So so let me, let me say this. Really quickly, how does Michigan look for next year? How does Ohio State look for next year? We Mario. bring everybody back. They lose 18 players. What, what, hold on, Glenn. What are you eating? Kits Organic is a cliff bar. <laughs> Got to get that strength. Go ahead, Mario. Yeah, we, we lose 18 players, but you also have to realize, too, this is actually the last wave of guys who are, like, the guys that are leaving. Uh-huh. It's the last group of Brady Hoke recruits. So but there were starters. Every, everybody from this point going forward will be Harbaugh guys. Harbaugh okay. recruits. So, so you, you you're, that, saying, you're saying sky's the limit now? Yeah. Okay. That's actually inaccurate. Because next year will be his third year, so you'll still have 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 um, Brady Hulk recruits, but <laughs> but 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 Michigan's often wrong. So so tell us about Ohio State next year. They're pretty young right now, right? Yeah, they're 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 the youngest team in the Big Ten. So, but they will have a new quarterback, right? I don't think um, Barrett's going pro after that. So, but we shall see. But it, it wasn't in his last year. No, he, he's a, he's a, he's uh, been there for five years. He redshirted his first year. This is his third year. And last year he got benched. For yeah, but his, his this is his he this is his junior year. So he's got another year of eligibility left if he chooses to accept it. If not, they have um, top recruit Tate Martell. That that that's kind of like a a Johnny Manziel type dude that that'll be coming in for the replacement. I tell you, you know, I, I was shocked that Ohio State got beat like that because we've talked about this in the past. Urban Meyer's ability to put everything together for a championship-type game is really, really high level. I mean, I think he's one of the better coaches in the country to be able to do that. And the thing is, with his group being young, and, and I, you know, you know me, Glenn, I, I don't want to see Ohio State consistently be that good. I don't know why not. I, I, I like Urban. You know, Urban, when he was with the Gators, and by the way, the Gators won the day their bowl game against Iowa. 30 to 3. Inconsequential. And very much so. But, you know, you, you can't doubt, you know, Urban. Do you think, when, do you think that, would you have not be, let's just step away from being an Ohio State fan. Do you think it would have been a better game to see Ohio State, Alabama? Or do you think the Clemson, obviously Clemson really, you know, gave it to Ohio State, but that doesn't mean that that's going to be a better matchup in the championship game always. Mm. I didn't like Clemson. 
I wanted I w- I wanted us to face um um uh, Washington and I think Clemson moved up in the final week. I think there was a point mm-hmm. in which um Washington was third or something on on, on that level. So that's that was the preferred matchup that I wanted cuz our DBs are the strength of the team, but beyond uh-huh. that Gotcha. Yeah. Well, hey, let's jump into NFL talk. And I want to bring in a special guest. Now, Glenn, we've not had a lot of guests on our show. And we bring somebody in. They're special. And and most of them are like 18 (laughs) and walking on at at a school. So one of my favorite sports journalists in the game, I want to bring him on. He was one of the first black sports columnists at the Detroit Free Press. He was a regular on ESPN's first take with Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless. And at one point he wrote – for the Cincinnati Enquirer. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Here in Cincinnati. Yep. Recently, he was added to FS1's uh, new show, Undisputed, with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. He has his own radio show, which I'll have him talk a little bit about. He moved from Detroit to L.A. Oh, wow. Big time. But no matter where he goes, he will always be Jamaica, Queens, New York's own. Oh, man. And that's the legendary Rob Parker. Rob, what's going on, my man? Yo, what's happening, Alex? How you guys doing? We're doing well. I'm, I'm here with my co-host, Glenn Riley. Glenn, how are you, buddy? Oh, doing pretty well, man. Great to have you on. Yeah, great to be on. Now, you recently moved to one of my favorite cities, Los Angeles. How was the move? It has been uh, tremendous. I mean, you know, you always, when I came to visit, covering sports over the last 30 years, you know, L.A. was always a nice stopover and Always felt like a lot of fun, and you come and you leave, you know, that kind of thing. But to actually be living here now and working here has been great so far. So I've been here about a month now, and, um, you know, it was tough to leave Detroit after 23 years, but I'm really excited about what L.A. holds and the future and everything going on at FS1. Yeah, definitely. Now now tell us a little bit about that. You're on Undisputed, and you also have a radio show. And so tell us a little bit about both those. Well, Undisputed, you know, is just uh, on fire. Uh, people haven't watched. Obviously, it's on opposite first take. And Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp and Joy Taylor is the host of it. And, uh, you know, they bring in different analysts and different people on as well. And I'm one of those people. Uh, so it's it's a debate show. It's a hot debate show. Nothing's off limits. It's uh, really fun and entertaining and thought-provoking, it, it, it just is, if you're a sports fan and you kind of know, you watch the game and now you want to get a more feel of really what does it all mean to you or what does it all mean in the grand scope of things, it's the perfect show to watch and and it's on in the morning and a lot of people DVR it if they're at work or it comes on later in the afternoon on a replay, but anyway, it is it has been great and it's doing really well in the ratings early on. It's only been on for four months, but it's it's doing great, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Uh, Skip and I worked together for six years on uh, First Take. That's right. So for for me to rejoin and be with Skip again, and then to meet Shannon and work with him, it's just been it's been a great opportunity. And ESPN is scared. They're 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 moving around um, TV shows, trying to compete with it now. It's it's really kind of entertaining to see like like you know shots fired you know what you're right because i mean these are just facts i'm not you know 
talking out of turn, but I think uh, first takes ratings have dropped 35 or 40% or yeah. something like that since yeah, that's Skip right. moved over. And that's a huge move for four months in television. Oh, no I mean, doubt. People yeah. have, you know, tell, it just doesn't happen like that because people are used to doing something and used to going somewhere, and they normally don't switch over. A lot of people still don't even know that. Skip yeah. is over at FS1. I, I didn't know where <laughs> FS1 was on the dial until, until yeah. a couple months ago, and now it's like, uh, you know, ESPN is 30 and FS1 is, is, is 317. Right. Now you know, and that's exactly what it is. So the ratings have been great, and, yeah, they're moving first take. And, you know, I feel a part of first take because, uh, you know, I, I was on the show starting back in 2006. Uh-huh. and for a long time, and uh, I had a I had a hand in help building that show too. So I get it. Stephen A. and I are both from Queens, and I mentored Stephen A. when he first started. So I have a oh wow oh, really good up. friendship with him. Yeah, when he first started, uh, so I've known him from the very beginning, and uh, I'm happy for his success and everything that's going on. But I'm happy that we're able to make that move over and uh and and do this new show so it's 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 all good and you recently had my uh former teammate Kenyon Martin on the show yeah he was on about the whole George Call book and yeah. obviously George Call is uh, done with the NBA so he just decided to <laughs> torch the place on the way out and you know <laughs> hey I, i'm not mad at yeah. him people respect to the bridge is that is that people say? What is he trying to sell a book? Yeah, that's why you write a book. You know, he's trying to sell a book, <laughs> right? And you can't be everything was great. And boy, I had a wonderful thirty five years in the NBA, and and nobody wants to read that. They want to read the inside story and what's going on. So that's what he's decided. I mean, even the stuff that wasn't in the book that he came out with recently about that the NBA has a steroid and HGH problem. I, I think that's very interesting. And um, I'm sure people need to do some digging. You know, baseball seems to get all the wrath of it, yet other sports we see in the NFL, every year 10 guys get suspended and, and nobody even oh, they, did, they, they, they pushed that under the rug. Like, there's nothing. Like, yeah. nothing Brian happened. Cushing baseball will be gone like, for the next four weeks. Uh, pay no, pay yeah, no attention. that's it. You know, that's a quarter of the season. If they do it in baseball, it's like, oh, tear up his records. This shouldn't count, you know, and they want <laughs> to do everything. And I'm like, well, I, I understand. It tells me that baseball, whether people want to believe it or not, is still the American pastime that people still care about. And, yeah. and I always tell people that because if you didn't care about it, you wouldn't care about the the story that, that just seems to be a part of it. And it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about the radio show. Yeah, I've been doing some radio on the weekends, filling in, mostly on Saturdays with a guy named Mark Willard, uh, a veteran of L.A. radio and uh, national radio, and he's really fun to do a show. So we do a show 1 to 4 Eastern um, on Fox Sports Radio, so that's every Saturday, and that's a lot of fun, you know, with obviously a lot of the football going on this uh, past uh, holiday time, and now playoffs this Saturday, I'll be on 1 to 4, and That'll be uh, right before, I guess, the um, – the uh, or, or I guess, what, what time is that uh, uh, Lions-Seattle game? I think it starts at – does it start at 5 or something, Eastern? So, so yeah, it'll be on uh, right right before that. So that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, hey, let's jump into to some of these games, and I want to get your opinion on some of these games, the Dolphins versus the Steelers. What's your opinion on that game, how that's going to go? I mean – 
just your gut and what's happened over years. You always take a look and you always want to pick the Steelers. Steelers, to me, are like the Patriots and certain teams that no matter what, you just always think they have should win and have a chance to win and whatnot. And the same goes here. I mean, the Dolphins have had a nice run, nice season, um, nice turnaround. But I still expect uh, Pittsburgh to uh, be able to make another run. And who knows, maybe they're the team that slays the Patriots and Patriots, you know, pass to the championship got a lot easier when Derek Carr got hurt by the Raiders from the Raiders. So so we'll see. But if I had to make a pick, I would pick Pittsburgh. What, What do you think about the comments Terry Bradshaw made about Mike Tomlin? I think Terry Bradshaw in his position, A, as an announcer, B, as a former quarterback who won four Super Bowls, uh, has the right to say whatever he wants. My my only issue is I, I just thought it was uh, not that he doesn't have the right to, to, to criticize Tomlin. That's not the issue. I just thought it was disrespectful to call a guy a cheerleader, basically saying that he's not a coach at all. And and I thought that was the weird part for a guy who won a Super Bowl and went to a second one. And 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 my only thing is, if I was in that interview and I was and he was a guest on my show, I think I would have pressed Terry Bradshaw a little bit more yeah. just for you. Got to give me some examples. What are you talking about? Right. Why are you saying he can't coach? Give me an example or or tell me some insight that I don't know. And and. And I, I think that's the part that was lacking there. You just let him say whatever he wanted. He wasn't challenged to at least come up with some examples. So if you come up with examples, yeah, you make a stronger case. Yeah, because was Bill Cowher a cheerleader? Was, exactly. I mean, you, you got to give me something, though, you know, for me to be able to endorse it or understand where you're coming from. Right. So give me some thoughts on the Raiders versus the Texans. No one's watching that game. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was – you're right. That's one of those. I talk about a playoff dud. The, the I mean, backup bow. Yeah, that's really what it is, and I'm I'm disappointed because I really like the Raiders and what they were able to do this year. And yeah, no Derek doubt. Carr was having a, you know, MVP type season and whatnot, and for him to go down like that was just devastating. I just don't see how they're going to be able to and, and survive Rob, it. Even though, and Rob, he must be a hell of a leader because his teammates really came out and just the things they were saying about him. Where it just showed you, how much you, you hit it on the head. I talked to some NFL insiders about that, and they said that he gets along with everybody. Those guys really, really like him. He's a, yeah. he's from what I'm hearing, he's a special guy that people gravitate to, listen to. He's a leader, and people like him. So I think you're right, and that's why you heard the stuff that you heard. Well, Tom Marinovich is available. Uh, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into the Giants versus the Packers. You know, the Giants went up to Green Bay and won a couple years ago and, you know, marched on to the Super Bowl and all that. And, and you know, that's a hard place to win. And mm-hmm. and the Packers have had – the one thing that when people talk about the Packers that's interesting uh, and, and, you know, the disappointment that they've had so often. And I think Chris Collinsworth mentioned it last night. He said Mike McCarthy has lost five playoff games on the last play of the game. That's wow. Five, could you, I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> How, many, How can you do that? He lost, he, lost, he lost five playoff games on the last play of the game, and it's been that kind of heartbreak for the Packers. They just have some, a lot of bad luck things that don't go their way. But I'll tell you, 
as good as Aaron Rodgers is, he is on another level and has been playing outstanding. And I just I watched him dismantle the Lions last night, and I, I think that the Packers will win that game. And he's playing at a level right now where he can cover up basically any flaw that a team has because he's so good. And I think people who were when the Packers lost those four games in a row and kind of tried mm-hmm. to write him off and say he was finished and, you know, and he's not the same guy. I think they were wrong. He finished the last uh, six games. that was 6-0, and and then I think in the last seven games he had 18 touchdowns and no picks. Uh, I just I don't know how you play any better than that. Yeah. I love the fact that their running back has a number in the 80s. Yeah, wide receiver, <laughs> big guy, 200 pounds. Yeah. And, and, I'll, and I'll say this about the Giants. The one thing the Giants do have, if they make a run and, and can make a run, is that they do have uh, a defense that could win. That's the one thing. Now, it didn't look like that when they played Philadelphia, but I saw them against Dallas and um, another uh, what was the other game they played, and, and I thought their defense is, is really good. They spent a lot of money on it, and I think that uh, uh, if Eli doesn't make too many mistakes, they're always in games too. So that'll be an interesting game. I'm not looking at for any kind of blowout, but yeah. I'm, I'm going to pick the Packers at home. Okay. Then you've got the Detroit Lions. Versus the Seahawks. Now you've had some comments about the Alliance. Uh, I heard you on Undisputed. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, as a guy who's covered the Lions for over twenty years and basically seen every game that Matthew Stafford has played, people think you know, oh, he hates the Lions, or and I don't hate the Lions. No such thing. Um, it's just that I've seen the act, seen the movie, mm-hmm. and I wasn't surprised that they lost their last three games, gave up the division that they basically held all year. And because they don't beat good teams, they don't beat good teams with good quarterbacks, and that's why they lost to the Cowboys, to the Giants, to the Cowboys, and then to the Packers. They just don't. They don't do it. And in this case here, I just saw a stat: Matthew Stafford's career record against teams that finish over five hundred is five and forty-three. Whoa! Yes, and against <laughs> five. Pl- that's against the five against the five playoff teams that they played during the regular season, the Lions were zero and five. They they just don't beat hmm. those teams, and that's the problem. They they will beat the also Rams, and you give them a schedule. I think this year they were nine and two against sub five hundred teams, so they'll they'll feast on those teams. But when it comes to winning a game, that's why I can't see them going on the road. They haven't won. They've won one, one playoff game since nineteen fifty seven. And that goes back to 1991. It's been that long. And I know people say, well, what does this team have to do with 1991? But I've watched it, and and for whatever reason. Oh, it means something, I tell you. (laughs) Being a Bengals fan, let me tell you, it means something. (laughs) It means something. So, so, So far, they haven't been able to get it done, and I don't see them getting it done in Seattle. Even though Seattle hasn't been that great this year and been vulnerable. We've seen them, but at home in that place, outdoors, yeah. that that noise, I give them the advantage. I give I give them the chance to beat the Lions. Okay, and so with with those being the wild card games, let's let's jump ahead a little bit. Talk a little bit about the Cowboys and the Pats. Are the Cowboys for real? Are, and- I mean, if they're for real to this point, it's the problem you have. And I understand, you know, Jerry Jones and his concerns is that. No rookie quarterback has ever led a team to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So so you're two wins away from going to a Super Bowl in Texas, in Houston, you know, and you're the Cowboys and you're desperately trying to get back there. 
And you and with that offensive line, you say what? Tony Romo can't do what what Dak Prescott's done. You know, given a the a, a sensational running back in Elliott and and an unbelievable offensive line. You know, so so that's the scary part is what is the other shoe going to drop? Is it going to be the first playoff game that they play and, and then he would revert or looks like a rookie, you know what I mean, who mm-hmm. can't handle the pressure? Or maybe he becomes the first guy that, to ever do it and they'll be happy and things will work out. But I do understand why they're a little, you know, why it hasn't just been, hey, he's the quarterback and let's not even mention Tony Romo. I do get it because it, it's hard to get in that position where you only have to win two games to make it to the playoffs, make it to the Super Bowl, and you have those games at home, and it's all lined up for you. And uh, imagine a NFC Championship game or some game where it's uh, Aaron Rodgers against uh, uh, Dak Prescott. You know what I mean? In, mm-hmm. in a big situation. I mean, you can't tell me that you would bet against Aaron Rodgers in that case, even if it's the Cowboys. Yeah, so makes sense. So, what's your prediction on the Cowboys? I think they lose their first game. I think wow. they only get to the NFC Championship. I oh, think, wow. yeah, that's just my gut. It's not based on anything because obviously I don't even know who they're going to be playing. I just think that the pressure will will eventually. You know, they've had a charm like the Giants show the blue. They'll be playing the, the Lions. Beat them twice. <laughs> They'll be playing the Lions. Well, if they're playing the Lions, then they're getting to the NFC Championship game. <laughs> Sorry about that, Lions. <laughs> now, when you move to um um. Um, L.A., do you see a lot less people wearing um, electric um, blue gators now that you're not in Detroit? Uh, yeah, there you go. See, that's one, that's one thing I do miss from Detroit, absolutely. He's been waiting to ask you that. Uh, no, that's okay. That's a good question coming from Detroit. Yeah. It's all good. What about what about the Pats? I mean, they got a, with, with Derek Carr being hurt, I mean, they got a, looks like a good path or a chance to get back there. I don't know. I've just been saying on – Undisputed, no Gronk, no hardware. I think it catches up to you eventually. You know they've been yeah. able to kind of uh, slide through, and 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 they and and you know I've always said this, and I'm not not the schedule is the schedule, and they're in the division there that they're in. But you know you could chalk up six wins almost automatically. Man. They play so many bad teams every year, and and sometimes that's why they've struggled or haven't always. I mean I know they won a Super Bowl. Uh, uh, two years ago, but if you remember, it was almost a 10-year absence of them winning. They were always in the mix, mm-hmm. but they would lose to Denver, and they would lose to Baltimore. They lost to Baltimore two out of three years uh, at home, you know, in Foxborough. So I, I, I just I think that's another one that's going to trip up that, you know, not having Gronk will catch up, and if they can uh, disrupt Tom Brady's had a you know good comeback year. I wouldn't vote for Tom Brady for – MVP because he missed 25% of the season. And I think that, that it's not fair to the other guys who played a whole year and performed the whole time. So, And, and the Chiefs look strong, one too. Of my things. So, What's that? So the Chiefs look strong, too. Oh, yeah. Again, but they've had their disappointments in the playoffs as yeah, well. Andy Reid, at least. You know, in Philadelphia, they always had all these teams. And, and you're right. The Chiefs look good. Maybe they're the team that knocks off the Patriots. I, I, who knows? I mean, but I, I would like to see, and obviously we're going to see a, two different teams in the Super Bowl as far as from last year since uh, Denver and, and Carolina both uh, didn't make the playoffs. So this will be good that we'll see some different teams, so, hopefully. So what's your prediction? Give me the two teams in the Super Bowl so I can write this down and make all my bets. 
<laughs> Write it down. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Pittsburgh and Green Bay. Ooh, man. A rematch of uh, what? Super Bowl 48, maybe? Yeah, that's the one that uh, Aaron Rodgers won. And, yep, that was the, the one. Yep, absolutely. Hey, you think Aaron Rodgers takes it this year or, 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 or the cheerleader? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. I mean, cheerleader, just think about that. I mean, I'm envisioning a skirt and pom-poms. I'm just saying, that's <laughs> so not, disrespectful. That's so di- so disrespectful. Man, call me anything but a cheerleader. You know what I mean? <laughs> really. So what do you remember about your time in Cincinnati when you worked here? I, I love Cincinnati. I when, when I got hired at the Cincinnati Enquirer in 1991, I was the first African-American to ever, ever cover the Cincinnati Reds on a daily basis, and I was thrilled to death. I you loved it. You Jackie job. Robinson. <laughs> hey, you know, the old, old black sports writers in the old days used to have to sit on the, on the roof of the uh, – Press box. They weren't even allowed. Oh wow! Jesus. <laughs> what? You know, that was dangerous. So yeah. So for me, I mean, <laughs> to get there, and it was after they won the World Series, and Lou and all the characters there: Lou Pinella and Marge Shop, the Man. owner, and Rob Dibble, Eric Davis. I mean, just just the unbelievable Barry Lock and Chris Sabo. Yeah, yeah. And I traveled around and covered the games, and just remember vividly. I. I I loved it. I, I just I'm a baseball guy, I'm a Hall of Fame voter in fact. Um and mm-hmm. I just loved every minute of covering baseball there and didn't actually want to take leave to go to Detroit to even interview for the columnist job there because I loved what I was doing in Cincinnati. I just signed papers for a new condo and everything. But I said, hey, let me just go up there anyway and just, you know, interview for the job. Yeah. I have no intentions of taking it. Yeah. I get to Detroit, and then they're, like, offering me a column and the whole idea. And then when I got hired there, I became the first black sports columnist in the Detroit Free Press history. And at the time, the newspaper was 161 years old oh, wow. at the time when they hired me. So that was another one of those opportunities I couldn't pass up. So that's why I left Cincinnati. Yeah, wow. I'm looking at going to to Detroit every year. I say I'm going to the the North American International Auto Show, and what happens is either it's an NFL playoff game that I'm not trying to miss, so I'm not trying to go up on the weekend. None of my friends are available on the weekdays, and it being Detroit, there's like a, a ice storm or something that that. Yeah, that, I <laughs> believe that in January because it's always in January. But yeah, it's absolutely. Worth going. Okay. It's, it's, it's absolutely worth going. So Definitely. I say I'm going to go there. I'm going to do the Ford Museum. And then, like, what, what what's the mall of note? The, quote, unquote, the one with the women are at. <laughs> yeah, Som- Somerset. Somerset. Somerset Mall in sub- suburban Detroit. I'm writing it down. Uh, and the African American Museum you want to go to as well. It's, okay. It's, it's got a lot of stuff. Detroit is really coming back and you know i'm not from there but but i feel like i'm a detroiter because i spent so much time and and people treated me well there i I mean i've worked there like i said for 23 years not too many people i work for both newspapers i work for all three i work for four tv stations up there and i work for uh, about five radio stations so basically i couldn't hold on to a job so (laughs) you know the tough economy they kept hiring me, though. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Now, I want to ask you about growing up in Queens, New York. Did you run into LL Cool J? 
It's funny you say that. L.O. Cool J and I, not at the same time, though, because he's uh, younger than me, but we played in the same Little League, L.O. Cool J and I. Oh, wow. We played in St. Albans Little League, and um, it's funny because, you know, he, he has a love for baseball, but he played in, that, in the same league that I played in. And it was great. I mean, I grew up in a really nice middle class area and uh-huh. just just a real cool environment. And I had a, a group of friends. We all played baseball together in my neighborhood. And there's 11 of us uh, where two years separate the oldest from the youngest. Our team was called the Black Cats. And the thing that's so great about it is we were all friends since we were nine. And now, you know, we're all in our 50s. And, you know, all 11 of us are all still alive, all still friends, just like the day when we were 9 and 10 years old. I mean, it's an amazing friendship and group of people that I grew up with and still are friends with. And um, all of my memories of childhood and playing ball in New York, that's all it is. It's all all good. And somehow, some way, uh, we were able to uh, miss all the bad stuff that was going on because we were always – Tucked away playing ball until until it got too dark to see the ball, and I think right. that's what kids need to do is you know have something to do to stay out of trouble and not just uh, walk around and look for something to get into. But uh, playing ball can can definitely do that if you have the right people to guide you. Absolutely. No now we just uh, you and I talked about this before, but uh, Craig Segers uh, just passed away, and um, I know you've had a chance to. Um, talk with Craig, and, and you've known him over the years. Just just want to get your thoughts on uh, him as a person. Yeah, well, just a great guy. It, it's, uh, you know, saw him around for years. I always admired that he was, you know, everybody thinks of him as Craig Sager, uh, you know, TNT, the NBA sideline reporter, but I always loved it. I'm sure you've seen a video of him interviewing Hank Aaron when Hank Aaron hit his 715th home run. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible to me. I always get goosebumps when I see that because it's Craig Sager and Hank Aaron's mother and father and Hank Aaron, that whole place. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just like, what, what what history, man, to be the guy to do that. In such a moment, that was that was such a big moment in American sports history. But uh, he was real cool, and and when I was on first take, some of the suits I used to wear, I got dubbed on first take <laughs> as the uh, Black Craig Sager. I remember that. So, so yeah, so we were we were actually we had planned on doing something where me and Craig were going to come out, do a first take like fashion show, and like every break we would have different outfits on to see who was. Who was better? So it just never happened. But he was all game for it. He thought it was fun. Yeah, yeah. And uh, definitely going to miss that guy around. Yeah, definitely. His his influence. And and just to see what really hit me was when the NBA players wore the T-shirts that were designed as, you know, I mean, just the impact. You know, some people say, wasn't he just a sideline reporter? But I think he just meant so much more to the game. And we did the the, the tag for the Sox. Yeah, uh, no doubt. And I think people, you know, it's like a rite of passage probably as a player. You've seen this guy on TV all these years. And then finally he's interviewing you, you know what I mean, on the sideline. Right. And I think that's that he became one of those kind of guys where where you envision. When when's my when was Craig Sager gonna interview me with some crazy suit on? <laughs> and and you know, and you remember that moment. So I totally agree. I think he he became bigger than life and uh, just was a great guy. But he he always worked hard and was about his job. And, yeah, you know what? 
Did he get a little attention because of the outfits? Absolutely. But he still he still did what he was there to do, which was to uh, report from the sidelines. And I, I like that. No doubt. No doubt. Now, how, how can people check you out on social media? Won't you, won't you throw that out? So, on Twitter, I'm at Rob Parker WXYZ, at Rob Parker WXYZ. I also write a column for a cool website called The Shadow League, based out of New York, theshadowleague.com. Mm-hmm. And The Shadow League is named after the uh, Negro League. That's what it used to be called, was The Shadow League at one point. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, we cover all sports, but it's named after the Negro League. And it has a lot of, uh, uh, you know, cultural stuff, just it's sports, it's everything, you know what I mean? And it just has a swag and a flavor that's different, and I love working for them. I've been writing for them for four years. And my business partner, so I did some work for them. There. So my business partner, uh, Jason Willard, who's who's the guy that um, um, from ESPN that started it? Who started uh now you're gonna get me in trouble because uh because uh, the name's on the tip of my tongue as well. But it's but, on the tip of my tongue, and I yeah feel crazy that but, I can't remember. But but, but Yusef, Yusef is the uh, is the uh, editor of Monday. Okay, and um, who you who was a part of the thirty for thirty and everything? Oh my god! Uh, yeah, because they did the uh, the Howard um, soccer um, um, joint as well. But yeah, yeah, which was really good. Yeah, I know the guys who worked on that. But yeah, it's a it's a really good. Yeah, ESPN was a part of starting that, uh, uh, the Shadow League. So it, it's really it's it's a great opportunity. And uh, I'm gonna kill myself as soon as I hang up. I know I'll just <laughs> yeah, say, I'm gonna call back. But. That's that's how it goes. It's all good. Well, hey, hey Rob, um, I want to say personally, I appreciate your friendship. And um, I, I appreciate uh, to this point um, your mentorship as well. You know, we text back and forth. I send you some different things that I'm doing as I'm new in the game here, and um, you've definitely taken the time to look at my stuff and, and give me feedback, give me thoughts, and um, you know, I really respect what you've done as well. So I, I want to thank you for that. Well, I, I appreciate it, and and it's just you know what, it's about uh, people reaching back and helping people who um, who also are in need of guidance, and it's Keith Clink scale. Keith like Clink, yeah, that. exactly. So, there you go. I don't know why I couldn't just, <laughs> just my Thank you, Keith. I'm sorry about shout, that. But shout I got out to it. Keith Clink scales and, and, and Revolt exactly. as well. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yes, that guy. yes, he was there too. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But, uh, yeah, but, but you know, life, I always say your career and stuff that you do is fine, but it's really your real legacy is who you leave behind, who who can carry that you know mantle and keep going on and doing the stuff that you have helped people? So that's what I've always been into. I've always been into mentoring, and and I think it's very important for people to reach back and pull the people coming up behind them. So yeah, definitely. Well, hey Rob, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show. And then when the Pittsburgh Steelers play the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl, we want to have you back on to talk about that. There you go. You'll play the tape. <laughs> Speak it into existence. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rob, man. I'll keep checking you out on Undisputed and everything you're doing, man, and I appreciate it. I appreciate that, too. And uh, um, I used to work for the NBC station in Detroit, and my little sign-off was always, well, uh, NBC you later. Remember that, all right? (laughs) (laughs) That's what's up. Yeah, man. Sounds good, Rob. We appreciate it, brother. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Take care. Yeah, man. That's that's, that's one cool dude right there, man. That's what's up, man. Yeah. Good, good people. Very knowledgeable, down to earth. Known him for about a year now. Okay, and uh, just 
text message exchange. We we met through a mutual friend, but he's he's just been been super cool with giving me advice and and thoughts as you know do my own little TV segment and all that. So it was good to chop it up with. Yeah, him. no doubt. Yeah, shout out to. Shout out to Rob Parker. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, let's go ahead and segue into uh, what we usually have um, as the theme of our of our show is usually a person. Um, but for episode 18, we decided to make this theme about the lives that were lost in 2016. Because it was people were dropping like flies. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt. I mean, it felt as if. Um, you know, you know, numerically, people die every year. Probably it's the same quantitative number, but as far as um, qualitatively, the 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 lives of some of the people that died this year, it, it just felt like it was it was maybe three years worth of, of of famous people. And by the time we got to the end, it was tough to even recall, like you know folks that had gone on earlier and, and you know, you see all these year and recaps. So we kind of felt like, you know, instead of doing one person, we could just kind of go down the line and, 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 you know, speak a piece on, on, on each one. It's, 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 it's our, our personal eulogy. No doubt. To, uh, to 2016. And the first, th- there were a couple losses and, and they started around January 4th, but, but one of the first <laughs> four days in, <laughs> One of the one of the bigger losses was a pop culture icon, two time Grammy Award winner at age sixty nine, David Bowie. Yeah. I mean, let's dance. Let's <laughs> dance. That that that's still one of the, the, the dopest tracks yeah. when, when when that joint hits. And I really wasn't familiar with a lot of his uh like the Ziggy Stardust era, like when he was, you know, the glam rock and everything. Uh-huh. But there's so many songs that you hear and you're like, oh, that's David Bowie. You know, like um, um, Young Americans are um, um, back in the New York groove. Yeah. No, that was actually Kiss. You, but 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 it's a lot of a lot of joints that are like surprising. But you know what? That's interesting. When, when someone passes away, you discover so much. You do. Yeah. You know, of their art. Yeah. And you, you, you almost go back in, in the... The album he dropped like just weeks before he passed. They say that, that that's that's you know a lot of critics were ranking that as one of his um um you know one of the better albums of the year. And was married to supermodel Iman for for the um, yeah, yeah. final you know fifteen twenty years. So you know um, <laughs> shout out on that. <laughs> right, no doubt. On January fourteenth, we lost actor Alan Rickman, who played Hans in Die Hard. Okay, I've never seen Die Hard. You've never seen Die Hard? No. Oh, one of my favorites. He died at age sixty nine as well. Okay, same age as David Bowie. How have you never seen Die Hard? Um, because sometimes there are movies that you don't see. <laughs> Die Hard. I love Die Hard. Die Hard is one of those movies that when it came out, no one knew there was gonna be some cult classic. So it just missed me when it came through and now when it's on like i've never seen a christmas story by the way i've never really? seen that either yeah and, and you know that's on i, I dvd that dvr i mean um um last week so i might get around to watching it but it's one of those things you feel like you you've got to do and i'm gonna be mad because i'm probably gonna watch it. it's not gonna be what it's supposed to be but i'm just doing it so i can appease the world <laughs> that, that needs me to watch it but just before you guys get back into it i just want to mm-hmm. say something You've never seen Die Hard, and 
I, I don't know. Maybe I just don't get it because I love Die Hard. It's one of my favorite movies. Okay. But I've never seen a Star Wars movie in my life, and people criticize me for it all on Twitter. Well, you know what? <laughs> well, no, no, don't feel bad because I'm, I'm, I'm not on the Star Wars tip like that either. I mean, I've, I've seen a couple, but they were underwhelming, and, and now it's just like, a, you know, it just seemed like some nerd stuff. Well, we'll hold that because obviously the end of the year we'll talk a little bit about uh, well, Star Wars you? and death. So um, Alan Rickman played Hans. The uh, he was the villain. Okay. In, in Die Hard, did a great job. I mean, he was he he played it to a point where he couldn't play any other role. Okay. Than a villain. Okay. It was just like you always remembered this guy. Yeah, yeah. As a, as a he couldn't play a loving father <laughs> of three in a movie. It just it was like he's about to murder. Yeah, his I mean, whole I know he, he he had one of those faces that was kind of like okay. Yeah, this and, guy. and he had that accent. Yeah. It was just like okay, he's a villain. Also on January fourteenth, and this might not be as 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 big as far as a a star, but it impacted a star. Celine Dion lost her husband. Okay, and manager. And uh, he died at 73. He was way older than her, right? He was, yes. And it really impacted her. Like, there were, I saw multiple interviews, performances, different things. Because as we talked, we talked on the phone about this. She had a uh, Las Vegas residency. Uh huh. And she had to, I believe, cut that. Either she cut that or short or didn't start it. On time because me and of this me death. and Alex talk strictly about Las Vegas residencies whenever <laughs> we, we get a chance to. We did. You go, tell tell them what you said about Las Vegas residencies. It means you're 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 on the downside of the career, Brittany, Mariah. <laughs> I mean, I think that, that that's, that's evident. You, yeah, you all I'm, see Rihanna's not doing a residency. No, I, I, I yeah, I'm not I'm not disputing yeah. that. I, I'm also saying, and I think you agree with this, but you. As yeah. an artist, you can't turn down that money. You get that guap. Well, at, at a, as an artist who 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 can't make any more money elsewhere. But Celine Dion is the type of musician that that you know, like Adele would do this one day. Yeah, like yeah. people people were not dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's that's the key. Uh, on uh, January eighteenth, Glenn Fry of the Eagles. Okay, he died at age sixty seven. I'm I'm about to watch an Eagles documentary that's on, been on Netflix. I haven't watched it, but okay. Apparently, those guys um, at a certain point <laughs> F and hated one another. Did they really? Yeah. Well, it, the famous thing where they asked one of them, uh, I'm just gonna say it's Don Henley. But the deal was when uh, when are the Eagles getting back together? He says when hell freezes over. <laughs> and then in the '90s, they did a comeback tour entitled "Hell Freezes Over." Really? Yeah. At the Hotel California. Wow. Yeah. Now, that was just the month of January. Let's talk about the month of February. All right, looking at the month of February, February 3rd, we lost Maurice White of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Age 74. Do you remember? No. <laughs> <laughs> just just like They made the ultimate... Uh, Family reunion tracks. Yeah, I think the first um, LP I bought um, record for a forty-five was, was, was "Let's Groove Tonight." Really? Yeah, it, it's it's actually Let's between Groove Tonight. It's between that and um, and actually, as we'll get to later on, a uh, little red Corvette. Uh, those are the the at uh, if you remember, um, record theater in Norwood. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
that 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 was the place. But Damn, yeah, Earth, Wind, that. and Fire. Apparently, those were his um, birth signs, like birthstones, where with with Earth, Air, and Fire. And I guess he changed it to to Wind. Yeah, hmm. I, I I didn't know that. I used to I used to work at Media Play. Yeah, we we, the, we we we've got to have a whole episode about me, <laughs> Alex's tenure at Media Play. My last real job. His last real like job. Say? Yeah, <laughs> and first real job. Well, I worked at Sam's Club. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, prior to working okay. at Media Play, yeah, I worked at Sam's Club, and I used to. Uh, I always tell the. I always tell kids this story. I used to push carts. Okay. At Sam's Club, and uh, so one day it snowed real bad. And there was nobody there. I mean, it, the snow was like you know up to your up to your kneecaps. They were they were shutting down the city, and we had this boss who was just like everything by the book. You couldn't leave, and he basically said to myself and this other guy that worked there that we had to go push the carts. And he said it just like go out there and do it, like we were peasants. Uh-huh. And, um, and you didn't take kind of that. I didn't. I refused to do it. <laughs> you had standards. I quit. And and, and 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 that's the type of attitude that had you working at media play. <laughs> well, the the thing is, the guy who pushed carts with me, who was okay. there that day, I left and went to media play. Okay. Okay. So then my mom and I went shopping in Sam's Club, and he was still there pushing carts. And he said, "Where'd you, and you go?" Put, you put him on. You put I him did. on the game. I put Lee on. He he said, "Where'd you go?" I said, "Media play." I said, "Come on over and holler." And he got a job there. But what happened to that boss though? He's now a senator. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> you need to find him. <laughs> On February 3rd, same day Maurice White died, Joe Alski died. I don't know who that is. He was the, a voice actor. Okay. He was the voice of Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Tweety. But 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 remember this, there were multiple people yeah, yeah, that I, did these. Yeah, because uh, Mel Blank was the first one. Yes. And Mel Blank... Killed the game like a few others because his gravestone reads, that's all, folks. Does it really? Yeah. You'll search search far and wide before you find one better than that one. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't get much much better than that. But, you know, um, February (laughs) – I know you're going to laugh at this. February was, 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 was slow for the most part. Okay. Well, I mean, you don't got this. You don't have to name the date. No one's checking about about. Oh, and on the the nineteenth. No, the, I got one for you here. Okay. Um, at the end of February, Gil Hill passed away. Yeah. That, this, no, that, no that means clue. Nothing. Police commander and inspector Todd in the three Beverly Hill Cops movies. Okay. Were you a Beverly Hills Cops fan? Uh I was a Beverly Hills Cop one fan. <laughs> you weren't feeling other ones? No, nah, the other ones got 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 formulaic. Eddie Murphy was so all, like on in Beverly Hills Cop. Like if 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 you just watched Beverly Hills Cop and and Coming to America and didn't watch anything else, you'd be like Eddie Murphy is the is the greatest living American. <laughs> <laughs> that how you feel? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going with that. We're we're gonna talk about Eddie Murphy a little bit later in the podcast. I got something for you. I I, I think I know what it is. I, I I don't I don't like it. Yep, you're gonna like it. March six, moving along to the month of March. Nancy Reagan, okay, first lady Nancy Reagan, passed away, age ninety four. Yeah, I don't I don't hold her 
responsible for the 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 flaws of her husband. I mean, she seemed like decent people. She um didn't want you to use drugs. That's right. What what was the <laughs> she had the whole uh, campaign? You just say no. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, she got a shout out from De La Soul, so that that's always nice. <laughs> now no fancy Nancy with the statement she weighed had a plate of weight. Have you ever seen that picture of Nancy Reagan sitting on Mr. T's lap? No. And Mr. T's he wasn't fully dressed like Santa Claus. He might have had on okay. the, the pants, but he was sitting on her lap and he had a Mr. T doll and she's like like kissing him on the cheek. Okay. There is a book about a Mr. T doll that is it's mind blowing. Why? The the theory I believe it's a girl and I think someone dies in her family and somehow she finds solace in a Mr. T doll. It is it is it is it is not what you'd expect at all. If you get a chance to Google the Mr. T doll book, people, and you're gonna be like, "What?" Like you want to laugh at it, and you're just like, "This is this 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 gets serious in a hurry." Right, right. <laughs> and it's like it's actually good. I can't even deny it. It's, it's if there are certain things that I I hate myself for laughing at, and that's one of them. <laughs> what what's the book called? I think it's like me and my Mr. T doll. It's 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 wow. it's a piece of culture that that <laughs> that that stands. Um, is there a mystery behind the doll, or is it just that the fact that it's somehow the doll? I believe no, no, the doll does not do anything. It's just that 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 I think she she became attached to the doll because because of um, like some negative circumstance. But but it's it's, it's not meant to be made light of at all <laughs> i mean it, it, it's something else i'll i'll, I'll uh, get the the real story next week but yeah and that that kind of reminds me not not totally but it reminds me of something that's been floating around on social media and that is sinbad uh-huh apparently has a movie that never existed but people claim they saw it okay yeah Have you heard seen about this that. yeah yeah apparently he was a, a genie. genie, yeah. I don't know if it's, they're just thinking because his name is what was Sinbad a snake charmer? In 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 you know Sinbad is like a famous um, like Arab character, and I don't mm-hmm. know if somehow they're they're extrapolating that and making you know that they're believing something that 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 wasn't because it's not like Sinbad in in the nineties wouldn't have been in a film right like that. right. So yeah, let's let's just act like we've seen this well. Well, there there's a there was like a write up. Okay. On the movie. <laughs> and oh. It was like this thing doesn't exist. This, this guy's rotten tomatoes for page. <laughs> Get a rotten tomato score. It's crazy. But so and, and and I I called you uh during the Christmas break. I was at the airport and I don't know what, two three podcasts ago we were talking about comedians. Yeah. And you were talking about Sinbad. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm in the airport in Cincinnati on my way to Florida. And who do I run into? Simbat. And I'm telling you, man, I, I, I've never met him before in my life. And he was just, he was super cool. When we initially met, he was just like, hey, how you doing? You know, shaking hands and all that good stuff. But then we were going from the the, the ticket counter to the gate. And you have to take a train okay. to get there. And we were on the tr- he and I were on the train with my family. I think we- those trains are cool too. You like those? You just get on there and ride back and forth. 
I would like to. 9-11 robbed a lot of my, my, my enjoy for airports because you actually have to be catching a plane to be back there. Before yeah, that's, then, right. that's right. Before then, I, 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 I would get checked and I, would, I was off just, just, right. just having fun that. on the concourse. That's right. Wait a minute. You had fun. What, what would you do? I would just walk there. Like if, you know, if it was a day I felt like doing exercise, sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm going to pick the airport to walk at. Was this more for people watching? Oh, it was just it just an interesting space to walk in, and it was it was enough, you know, doing it a couple what? times, making a couple laps. You got a, you got wait, wait, wait. you got probably like an hour in. What other interesting spaces to walk in? Forest Forest Fair Mall, the 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 mall that the that is desolate. still open, but but is but is more or less a ghost town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's another one. Um, what else indoors? That's about it for as far as too massive spaces that that you that you don't that that you don't look conspicuous you know like you go to any mall and walk walk the but you know people are shopping but there you're just by yourself if if someone kills you there's no one there to hear your calls <laughs> you're done yeah yeah so uh so anyway just just to finish up uh Sinbad's cool if you get a chance you should tell him he should film a fake trailer for that movie <laughs> he should yeah that- well there's a picture that he took as a joke okay. back in the day, dressed, you know, as a genie or okay. whatever, and that's what people use as the they're the, citing it. Okay, as the proof. You should make a real movie poster, put like the names and everything. <laughs> yeah, but no, he he was definitely super cool. Also, right after uh, Nancy Reagan had passed away, Sir George Martin passed away, producer of the Beatles albums, known as the Fifth Beatle. Okay, you familiar with him? Uh. There's a PBS special about music producers, and he was like significantly older than them, but like I think he was he was really influential as far as like the, a lot of their sound and stuff. Yeah, the Beatles are are just I mean obviously giving praise to the Beatles isn't like like you're you're going out on a limb and right. saying like man the Beatles were a great no, band no doubt, but the the leap they made people don't realize the Beatles made all that music in a seven year span that that but but you know the Beatles. Um, you know, as far as like, you know, non covers and stuff like that is 60 to 67. Mm-hmm. And to be like, you know, super whatever poppy music in their first album to like to doing something as artistic as like, you know, Sgt. Pepper and, you know, Revolver. That, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's incredible, you know, like that the, those leaps were being made. They were basically coming out with an album every year. They were they were on, on, on they were the Drake of their time. Now they they still hold the record for most number one albums ever, right? Uh I don't I don't even know how they calculate it yeah, now. Cause, I'm, cause, I'm pretty sure they do. What well, thought um isn't Jay Z Jay Z second? But I mean, but the Beatles is weird because they don't have that many albums, but they can just they'll just reformulate something and just be like oh here's a new Beatles album, like, here's the number ones, and it'll go number right. one. But it's like yeah. Yeah, so well, I think Jay Z passed Elvis. Yeah, for, for solo. Yeah, yeah, as so. solo, right? Okay. Without a doubt. But I think I think the Beatles might be at like twenty some plus okay. or something like All that. Right. But speaking of music, not that this is a a, a huge uh, death, but Frank Sinatra Jr. Yeah, passed away. Did you do you know much about him? Uh, he was uh, Frank Sinatra's son. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know he got kidnapped. No. Yeah. So what happened? Um. I, mean, I don't know. He the, got kidnapped and killed, or he was kidnapped. No, as a kid, oh. and, and and needless to say, the kidnappers probably uh, di- didn't meet 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 a uh, 
I think the mob may have took care of them, but uh, yeah, it was like a you know um, a warrant, you know, like 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 uh, a ransom that they put out to yeah. you know in the sixties, like when you know Sinatra's at his, at his prime, and they brought him back, and I think they gave like the directions, and he was like in a trunk or whatever, and they opened up the trunk, and there was Frankie Junior or whatever. It was it was crazy. It was like a three day thing though. That's yeah. crazy, and and that reminds me of. Um, Gosh, how many years ago was this? You were abducted? Might, no, <laughs> <laughs> I forget. Gosh, I'm so, I'm so bad with 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 uh, years and stuff. But I was on um, the AAU circuit with with my uh, basketball teams, and Michael Jordan's kids, Jeffrey and uh, Marcus, were playing AAU basketball. Okay, so we would go to a lot of uh, tournaments, and I would see uh, Jeffrey and Marcus all the time. So they always had two two bodyguards with them okay. at all times, and I mean we I would be at the mall um, during a break from the uh, tournament, I'd be at a restaurant, and I would see them, and they would have these guys with them at yeah. all times. And the thing is, at that time, his kids weren't really famous. Okay, so if they were to walk by you, you wouldn't know those are Michael Jordan's kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like I mean. Now you would know that with all the social media and all that stuff. I mean, so, if you're in the know, but like even even now, you wouldn't be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, oh, oh my God, there, there, there's you know, Je- Jeffrey and, and Jeffrey probably walked by you now, and you wouldn't, yeah, you yeah, wouldn't I, know. yeah. I know. I, I'm 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 familiar more with you know how Marcus looks than yeah, than right, Jeffrey. Yeah. So um, anyway, long story short. Um, so finally one day I I ask about it, like, what? Why are these guys? Obviously, they're Michael Jordan's kids, but they're not you know, really well known. And, and they said that uh, Michael, a lot of times gets, you know, these threats that, you know, people are going to kidnap, Yeah, you know, his, his kids. Cause they're out, you know, they're out playing basketball all the time. So yeah, yeah. they had these, these two guards who well, I got to know the two guards. Oh, okay. Decently well. Uh-huh. So that's it. But you never abducted any children. No, okay. no. Well, good for you. <laughs> Rob Ford passed away at the end of March. I don't know who that is either. The crack smoking mayor of the six, oh, okay. Toronto, yeah, Canada's. Yeah. yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he, he was a mensch. He died at forty six. Gone too soon. The song <laughs> "Gone Too Soon" was written was written for him. Speaking of songs, shortly after that, Fife Dog, yeah, of the rap group Tribe Called Quest, passed away. The five foot assassin. We we did obviously a whole podcast on that. Yeah, we don't have yeah. to uh, dive too far into to that whole thing. But someone I, and I want to I want to hear something you might you know have on this. And I, I just want to I want to preface this to, to to our listeners that the preparation that Glenn and I do for this podcast it's is very minimal. Is very minimal <laughs> compared to you know maybe other radio shows or podcasts or what you might think. You know, a lot of th- a lot of times I'm throwing things at Glenn, and these these are things that he just already it's, it's just already purely knows. based on, on on my common knowledge. It's it's, it's praiseworthy, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> on uh, March 24th, comedian Gary Shanling passed away at age 66. I love Gary Shanling. I great great comedian. Really funny stuff. Um, um, his delivery, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think he was fully appreciated. Um, he had the Gary Shandling show, which was uh, 
had one of the better theme songs of all time in the early days of Fox. You 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 you've you've stuck to that. You said that for a long. You said that before he passed away. Yeah, cause, well, it it was basically um, he was breaking down the third wall, like he was speaking to the audience. And the show is like you know the song. This is the theme to Gary's show. This is the theme to Gary's show. This is the music that you watch as you watch the credits. Right, and just just silliness. But um, he got really a lot of acclaim for the Larry Sanders show, which was on cable, yeah. which he played. And I've never seen that show. It's, it's I keep saying that a, a, one day I'm going to plow through the um, DVDs, but I heard it's really excellent. A lot of people talk about that show yeah. and just how it was. I don't know if groundbreaking was the word, but it, it was something that a lot of people that are in the profession of being a comedian yeah. go to and say "Okay, that that." That was good stuff. Well, it's one of the things that I hate when I, I've missed something because though you can watch something and enjoy it, you can't get the full effect of things that were groundbreaking because after a while, everything becomes, you know, derivative off, you know, that change. So watching something from 20 years ago might not have the same effect. Like, oh, this they're doing something really new because right. I've seen, you know, you know, say the office or something like that, that that might remind me of it. But I keep saying the stuff I want to do because because Universal appeal all around, and, and I really did like like Gary Shannon. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, got one for you. April six, Merle Haggard passed away. Singer songwriter, age seventy nine. What you know about Merle? Well, I know that Poncho and Lefty is one of the greatest country music songs of all time. With the, with the line. Wait, wait, wait. It's, it's, it's him and uh, Willie Nelson. Um, I think it won a Grammy, but uh, with the the line, "Breath is harsh as kerosene," which which, which always uh, it resonated with you. Always resonated with me. <laughs> um, he had a really great song that was added to the National Registry of, of songs um, earlier this year. Uh, Mama tried, and that that's a that's a really good good song um, about um, basically. He's a kid and he grows up and he's a jerk. He ends up going to jail, but his mom tried to to you know steering right, but but he he the the, the call of crime was 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 too much <laughs> for young Merle, and he actually did go to jail. Yeah, yeah. Mama tried, mama tried. <laughs> that that that, that that's a great. You feeling Merle? Oh, I play that song. That that that's I, that's cut. And keep in mind, I I didn't even tell you I was going to mention him. Yeah, and you knew. Uh, beside. That's more than I can say when Mama tried. I'm a lonesome fu- uh, fugitive. That's one of those other tracks. Okay, I'm I'm not familiar with with, with that. That's one of his more. I really like the, the. There was a certain era of country music that was that was good. Now country yeah. music is just, just 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 pure BS. I agree with you, but I, I thought the early country had so much blues influence. Yeah, that it was easier for me to well, kind of get into. Country isn't good when it's not relating to poor folks you know what i'm saying or just kind of you know i don't know it was just a, a different time like um randy travis is the last artist that i can say i i, I embraced it with, with country music and then after that, everything thing became came pop i mean who's the one one chick that came through and um um kind of changed the game the chick yeah not dixie chicks but um shania twain Oh okay. Yeah, Shania Twain came through and it kind of, kind of, she was more glamorous um, than you know your your, your Tammy Wynettes and your Loretta Lynns and folks that came before him. Man, your country and, knowledge and, is off. And the let hook. me tell you, um, we always I, say nobody 
People don't know this, but nobody has more, more respect within the black community than Dolly Parton. Oh, no doubt about that. <laughs> put, we, put, we, put that put that on <laughs> put that on everything I love. Why is that? It's it's just the truth. If Dolly Parton dies tomorrow, the the the, the streets feel it as well. <laughs> I mean, people just just feel Dolly Parton is is authentic, and and and, and you know, re- real recognize real in Dollywood. <laughs> MFs. Do you think some of that had to do with her as an as an actor actress? Yeah, and I you kind of so. grew up on that too, and. Yeah, she it, it it's kind of like a, a symbiotic thing with like her and like kind of Oprah. It's kind of these yeah, yeah. people that feel like like they have a, a a homespun appeal that you feel like you know them and that when they're they're talking that you know it's just they're, they're spitting truth. It ain't she she ain't about no jive. <laughs> <laughs> and um, have you heard her version of uh, "I Will Always Love"? No, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean that that's that's a that's a better version of me than than, than Whitney's, but whoa 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 I, I, that, whoa th- that, that's why that's why I got off the Whitney boat. I I did not like that song. Whoa, yeah, that's why I got off the Whitney boat. And Wait, let me tell you, history proves me right that 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 post I will always love you. Whitney was never the same. I, I the, you, the, you think that was because of the song? Yes. Oh come on, the song was the I crack. I can't rock, the, the, I can't the, rock the, with that. With, no, she looked different. I think that was, I don't know if that was post baby. I think that was post post okay. baby. But the last time Whitney was Whitney was the national anthem. When when Scott Norwood uh, missed when, that kick, that man that 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 ball may have been Whitney Whitney Houston's <laughs> life. That may have been her her career went wide right. Wait 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 wait. You so I just want to make sure I got this straight. I will always love you. Two, two, wait a minute, hold on. Two things. Two things. You say that Dolly Parton's version's better. I, I like it better. I like it more. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's technically better singing. Okay, why do you like it more? I never like Whitney. It, 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 it's, I don't like the the note where she, you know, the, the famous yeah, yeah, note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it is too set up. It's just like, okay. and now and now let me me show you my 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 instrument at its finest. You know, so I don't know. It, it just never. The bodyguard seemed super corny to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like the whole thing. I didn't. I didn't really like her acting, and that was all fused in as well. It, it was one of these songs that came down towards you. It's like, oh, this is the hit. This is gonna be huge, uh-huh. and then it ended up being huge. But I didn't like the way it's presented to me. It was like they over, they oversold it. And it didn't happen organically, and I and I turned against that song, and 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 I've never turned toward it. Man, I I don't know, man. Yeah, well, hey, man, proof is in the pudding. It it, it is no national anthem. It's no, I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> it's no, I believe the children are the future. <laughs> Remember that sweatsuit she wore? Yeah, the national anthem. It was, a, it was a patriotic day. I appreciated that. We're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about that another uh, another podcast. We're we're gonna, we're gonna bring that back up. But and Dolly's was in Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So, so a, a fine movie, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That, that 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 that's Dolly's breast at her finest, right there. <laughs> if you ever get a chance to watch that, please get that DVD. Uh, so uh, Doris Roberts, actress. Everybody loves Raymond. Okay. Passed away. You familiar with her? Yeah, yeah. I, I um didn't watch the show a whole lot, but but it was always funny. Um basically they're 
um, over-involved parenting of, right. of, of Raymond. So, right. Yeah, yeah her, her, and the, her and the husband going at it are pretty funny. But. Yeah. So then that leads to one of the biggest deaths of the, the year. Pop culture icon, seven-time Grammy Award winner, Prince. Yeah. Age 57. Where were you and how did you find out when Prince passed away? Oh, it was on the net. Um, it became a story. I think I logged on. Um, was it a Thursday? I don't I don't remember I, the day. I think um, what happened was I had to fill out my time card at work. Okay. And I'm never on Yahoo, but that's the home page of at work. Uh-huh. And and it was it was on the screen like when I first got on there, and I'm like, oh, they're saying like Prince is 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 you know, you know, in in a bad way. They hadn't announced it was it was dead yet, and that that's kind of, it just kept you know what I'm saying just kept checking back and, and and it was a Thursday. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's what it was. My boss told me asked me to film my time card, and 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 from there on, for maybe a half an hour, and I was one of the first people. Of that I know that reported that they said he had he had died. I was I put on there like, you know, I don't know if this is true or not, but they just now said that you know Prince has passed. Reported on what? Uh, I think it was TMZ. Okay. Or, or it, it was something that that seems you know semi reputable. You know that 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 you know wasn't just like a, a you know a phony website. Like it, right. it, it was on real news. Right. Yeah. So I was getting ready. I was getting ready to go somewhere, and I got a t- I got a text message from our friend Sam Dunn. Okay, the God Sam Dunn, the God, and he had texted me and said, "Say it ain't so." And I said, "What, what is this?" And I didn't I didn't respond to it right away. I was I was doing something. Then the next text was, "Not Prince." Yeah, and I just knew I knew right away. Yeah. And then it, then kind of the stuff, the stuff leading up to his to his death was just, it was kind of all bizarre. I mean, the fact he was on the elevator. I mean that that that's the lyric in the song. I know. Yeah, let's go crazy. I don't know what to make of it. Um, I've heard various theories that you know he was you know obviously I guess he was doing pills or whatever, right? And kind of I guess got it got addicted or whatever, but. It's one of those that was really weird because, um, you know, someone like, you know, Muhammad Ali, someone who is of a certain age, you know, anyone in there, you know, you kind of have people who are on your radar as being, you know, in, you know, in realm of when they might die. Right. And then you have people like, you know, Betty White, like people are the joking that Betty White, you know, <laughs> who, who, who's at this point known for being old. And so but sure doesn't act like it. Yeah. Well, but you know, she's a golden girl, so she's been old for a long time, theoretically. Right. right. So, if um, you know, if she dies, it's it's somewhat, you know, it's not not a shock. But someone in their fifties, you're kind of like, what? And then for someone who's a giant in 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 their field, such as Prince, and Prince, even more so than Michael Jackson. I know people love to have the Michael Jackson Prince debate, but. But Prince felt like he still like, like Prince was a real dude. Like 
Michael Jackson, by the time he died, has, was so far into his own world that you didn't feel like, you know, no one has any stories like, oh, you remember the time you saw, uh, saw, saw Michael Jackson at Walgreens, but that, but, but, but you saw Prince at Walgreens. Yeah, he was riding his bike. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's so many stories about Prince just doing whatever. Like, like somebody was telling a story like him going to the gas station, mm-hmm. and they were like. Dude, you just can't go to the gas station. <laughs> your, your prince and said like he did it, and yeah. it was just like in the car was running. Like, like this is crazy, right? Yeah. So that took everybody by 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 surprise because you felt like, you know, he was constantly making music. He probably has enough music to go on for the net next, you know, <laughs> another lifetime if 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 it could ever get, um, you know, released right. And I mean, you know. I'm probably missing half of my my prints from the past decade as well. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's been so many albums that people just kind of, he was so prolific that they really weren't marketed, you know, in the way that you probably would want them to. So, yeah. You know, when when I was working back to media play, when I was working at media play, Uh I ended up buying every Prince CD of his, of his albums. Yeah. And, and what happened was he released, I believe it was Emancipation. Okay. I think it was a double. It was a double disc, and I bought that, and I listened to it, and I'm like, man, I've really been missing out on Prince. I need to. I need to buy all this stuff. Okay. I mean, I I bought everything. There's a, and I'll have to bring this in just just to prove it to you. He <laughs> because has because I don't believe you because you're not gonna believe this. He has a. I mean, it, it was released as as a as a CD. I mean, it was it came in a circular like tube. Okay. But it was priced like uh like you get a double, you know, like Life After Death, Biggie's. Okay. Um, you know, or All Eyes on Me or or whoever's album that was just a, a double, disc? huh? A dual disc album. Yeah, it was it was it was sold and packaged as that. But when you open it up, I mean, there were like eight there were eight discs in there. Okay. And it's just like random material and I, I got you got to see it. and I'm talking about just hits on it man I bought I bought so much random print <laughs> random stuff prints. oh I've, I've got and I'm glad I did because yeah. it's still even tough to find a lot of his stuff you know when I search on YouTube yeah it ain't on YouTube yeah like what's really funny is um starfish and coffee mm-hmm. um song off of um sign of the times banger Never did a video or anything for it, but and you're he was big a on guest. Videos. He was a guest. Visuals don't don't go there. <laughs> he was a guest on Fraggle Rock, and he performed Starfish and Coffee, and that is a a video that is available on YouTube right now, and it's a must see. And like my business partner Jason Willard said when he posted that video, in every format, Prince killed it. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait! You brought up Fraggle Rock. We've been talking about Fraggle Rock and Merle Haggard <laughs> in, in in the past past ten minutes. What? How did Fraggle Rock exist? I never understood Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock came out right before I had cable, so it was like, what is this? Is this Muppets related? Like, like it was a, a offshoot of they were like Muppet cousins. C- c- explain Fraggle Rock. I, I still don't know what Fraggle Rock Rock was. I, I'm I'm not I'm not up on it to to the degree that I need to be. I remember going over 
uh, a, a girl's house I, I was seeing, and her little sister was watching Frog Rock. I think um, the Beach Boys were on there singing that um, <laughs> that um, Hakuna, you know, the Jamaica. Ooh, I wanted to, right. that that joint. It was like Kokomo, and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I, I assume they had plot lines, but yeah, I, I've never. No, they, they didn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 speaking of that, I want, I want to se- uh, segue Fraggle Rock into an actor that died, and I want to bring up the show he was on. Okay. Alan Young passed away in May. Remember him? No. He starred in Mr. Ed. Okay, he was the voice of Mr. Ed, right? He was, he was, no, he oh, was. Oh, he's the other guy. He was the guy okay. yeah, that, that yeah, yeah. I guess, owned the horse. Okay. Have you gone on YouTube at any point and, and, and just watched, like, clips of Mr. Ed? No, but I, I, I've seen, they, they showed one yesterday on um, CBS Sunday Morning, but it's really weird. Like, like, like the day that, that, that whatever era that was of television, I take it late 50s here, this is this is too much. We got a horse to talk. This this is this is this is. You can just imagine uh, people at that point find that entertaining and just like what were their entertainment options when a talking horse was just blowing you away. And he was giving dude advice. Oh yeah, Mister Ed was 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 a, a equal partner in conversations. <laughs> that show that that show, I watch it. And I'm like, how did that exist? Well, you know, it's a show now that's um, on Netflix is real popular called BoJack Horseman, and it's a cartoon. But the guy is like a famous horse as well. Okay. Yeah, and he's like kind of dealing with like Hollywood fame or whatever. Yeah. So apparently that 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 that's good as well. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Got another one for you, and I, and, and I didn't, you know, I didn't tell you about this. guy. We didn't tell I, us about any of them. Just I, just 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 throw it out there. I want to see what you know about this guy. Okay. CBS journalist. Okay. Morley Safer? Yes. Uh, 60 Minutes veteran? I mean, I don't know how much you can... Um, 46 years. Yeah. I mean, he he was pretty much the oldest person on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, once Andy Rooney left us. Basically, all the, 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 the three oldest people on, on um, TV were... Um, we're all um, sixty minutes veterans, and they they've all kind of gone the past like four years. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, professional always did 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 a great job. Um, I don't really know how much more you could say because he wasn't the focus of most of his, his pieces. Obviously, he's doing, but but you know, it's always entertaining seeing him travel, you know, and interview people and stuff, and and you know, do what sixty minutes does, but. It's kind of like the end of an era once he's gone because now the That's old, the old, um, like the starting five of Ed Bradley, Harry Reasoner. Yep. Um, I, I posted a picture and it was, uh, it was all of like the old school um, people on sixty minutes and it was, um, and it was Diane Sawyer and I put um, when you realize that Diane Sawyer will outlive us all. <laughs> well. That leads to another death. Start of June. <laughs> They're all death. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. That that was him and Prince were were the were the, the, the big two this year. And Muhammad Ali, I, I thought Prince was the bigger death as far as it didn't come 
you didn't expect it um, and kind of threw people more for a loop. But Ali was probably, uh, well, not even probably, no doubt the most famous person on, on the face of the earth for uh-huh. the majority of his life. Um, You know, arguably the greatest boxer, um, heavyweight boxer of all time. Um, probably inarguably the athlete that changed society the most. Some people would argue Jackie Robinson. Some people would argue um, possibly Joe Lewis. Uh, but as far as someone who transcended um, his role as, as an athlete, I mean, it's it's really – you 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 basically can't even have a Muhammad Ali in modern times because of of what what the heavyweight champion meant for the culture at that time and for the struggles of you know the civil rights and religious freedoms and um you know his anti-Vietnam stance we don't have issues that major for someone to even become right. that person. And, and it really bothered me a lot this year to see people, um, if you're conservative at all, you weren't down with Muhammad Ali. And, I mean, Muhammad Ali was, was, was would have been cutting edge 20 years on. I mean, so, you know, if you see your – if you don't like what Colin Kaepernick's doing, you really can't act as if you were a true – um, fan of the spirit of things that that Muhammad Ali was doing, and having said of all all that, Muhammad Ali was um, the greatest pure talker the century may have given us. Yeah. As far as someone who was just off the hook, quick for someone who had um, you know not more than high school formal education would give Howard Cosell as good as he he gave every mm-hmm. every single time and just fascinating i mean you know you know as far as um proclaiming his prettiness mm-hmm. um which i like for, to do yeah and, and proclaim you know and, and for for a black person to say that in the 60s what was mm-hmm. in itself revolutionary um you know, it, it's a shame because in many senses, the Parkinson's robbed us of who he would have been, you know, these last 35 years. But um, who he was up until he lost his, his speech was, was pretty much unprecedented in, in American history and, dare I say, human history as far as someone who is this many things to this many people mm-hmm. who embody this many um, cultural movements and basically was stood the test of history that the things that were once controversial, we look back 40, 50 years later and to a point he was correct on all of them. And I don't know who else we can say that about. Yeah, no, no doubt. Well said, my brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Preach. I, uh, and he shook up the world. True. Gordy Howe, Detroit Red Wings all-star. Gordy Howe played until he was 90. <laughs> he passed away in Jersey, obviously made famous in the movie 
we talked about? Uh, Ferris Bueller. That's right. Cameron yeah. Fry wore the jersey. Yep. Did you see this back in June? The guy who wore the ALF costume passed away? I think I did. That's so sad. But he didn't do the voice, did he? He did not do the voice. Okay. No. He was just the he was uh, just he was just a small person. He was a he was a circus performer okay. prior to being Alf. Aren't we all circus performers <laughs> at heart? <laughs> I love uh I loved Alf. Um what's the guy? The guy from um uh Star Trek, the Star Trek movie, the young cat, he died. Uh Anton, I can't remember his name. The new Star Treks? Uh yeah, the 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 later ones. I can't remember his name. He's not on my he's not on my list, but oh, okay. that, that, that just uh that just came to me. But um here's another one. Uh Pat Summit. Okay. Yeah, Pat Pat Summit uh, passed away in the um was it late June, winning winningest NCAA coach ever. Um the literal face of female intensity, Pat Summit. <laughs> Yep. No, no one seemed more um, j- just intense than than, than uh, Pat Summit in a a cream and orange pantsuit. You know, I saw Pat Summit. I never met her, but I saw her from a distance. Okay. Uh, this was and she was yelling at you to to, to play D <laughs> to, to get back. No, that was that was Bob Huggins that did that. So she was at the Lauren Hill basketball game. You remember the oh, Lauren okay. Hill? Okay, I was about to say, she was at a Fuji's concert? No, 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 not not that Lauren Hill. That would be a hell of a story, <laughs> sir. <laughs> that would be. So, uh, I, I was just talking I was just talking to Brad Johansson the other day, the guy who basically broke the story on Lauren Hill. Okay. Um, and so, Lauren Hill played, all she wanted to do after she was, you know. Yeah, diagnosed. Diagnosed. All she wanted to do was, was to play, you know. The, the college basketball game. She wanted to play in a college basketball game, and so they had a, they had a big game at uh, Xavier Centos Center, <clears throat> and she could barely. I mean, she really couldn't move very well. But that place was sold out. Yeah, I remember you wanted that. Yeah, man, it, it, it was one of the best sporting events um, I've ever I've ever been to. And I was talking just talking to Brad Johansson about that this week, and I saw him. He was doing the CBS uh, Bearcats game, and I was out there. I was down there talking to him, and and he said to me, he said something. And he said it was so unique that. Of those eleven thousand plus people that were at that game, were on their feet crying, and they didn't know this girl. Yeah, you know they 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 never met the girl. You yeah, know, but the I mean, majority of them. Yeah, but, but, but I mean, you but, knew but, the story. Yeah, once you know the story, you know you you know the girl. You yeah. know what I mean, more or less. But yeah, yeah. So anyway, Pat Summit was was there at the uh, at the event, and both both Lauren Hill and her definitely important women. Yeah. Um, in in the game. Let's see who else do we have here, Glenn. Won't you Won't you throw out somebody real quick that you wanna uh, you wanna talk about, and I'll, I'll kind of bring it back in with some others. Uh, well, um, Anthony Scalia died, who is the Supreme Court justice, and oh yeah, 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 and that kind of really sparked off the political um, discourse this year because it is normal that when a Supreme Court judge um, passes away that we go about the business of replacing him. But because of the delicate balance of conservatives and liberals on the court, the Republican Congress decided that that was not the way we were going to go. And 
Kimbo Slice passed away this year. True. And I made the point that I only wish that Anthony Scalia had died at the hands of Kimbo Slice. <laughs> because that would have been fitting <laughs> for a man who opposed uh, most of the things that I believe in. Um, Kimbo Slice was a Mr. T-esque yep. figure of um, ass-kicking Yep, who was known for fighting in the backyards of Miami. Um, I don't know what they would even call this ring. It was kind of the human equivalent of, of dog fighting. Yep. But he gained prominence. Um, he made it to MMA in which he was billed as, you know, kind of um, – a big attraction, but we really didn't know how well he'd fare. I think he won maybe his first fight, maybe first two, and then he met his match, and it never really um, became what it was. But um, on a certain level, we can give him some credit for popularizing um, what you know UFC and and and, and MMA have become as far as um, getting denied culturally. Did you did you happen to see prior to him, you know, getting his, his his popularity? But when he started off with the underground fighting, did you see those videos as they started to bubble up? Oh, they, they were they were they were. It was just wild. <laughs> it was like, what, what is this? I couldn't wait for a new one to come out. Well, and the fact that they had the um, the um, like backyard rings, it was just it was just weird. Like like that they had you know. The, the setup that like it's just people around around the, the perimeter of two people yeah. fighting, and he was knocking folks out. Oh, it was insane. Yeah, I mean, hopefully his kids are are are, are financially taken care of as we always as we always yeah. inquire. Um, Zaha Hadid passed away this year, and I don't know how many of you all. I take it very few of you all are, are, are into. Uh, the world of architecture, but she designed the nope. uh, Contemporary Art Center that's downtown that was once called by the architectural critic of New York Times Magazine, the most important building built in America the second half of the 20th century. Um, she was largely the darling of the theoretical architecture world, which is kind of a a subset of architects were like in th like you know you, you basically build the mock up just the sketches you can theoretically build a a a, a skyscraper a mile high you know things of that nature but she hadn't gotten a real commission of any any note until um Cincinnati and that kind of broke her um throughout um the world and Probably in the 25 years since then, she she's got a lot of extraordinary buildings that are built. So if you if you um and she was um believe um born in Iran, um lived in London, um really distinctive looking woman. And if you Google her, you'll see a lot of her works. Really beautiful buildings. Really uh an important voice. Um probably the best known female architect in the world. And died before a time, and that was, that was sad. Yeah, you're emotional about um, this. Vanity <laughs> died. Yep. Um, one of the better um, prince prince women <laughs> <laughs> of the '80s, um, known best for a role 
as Last Dragon and in the role of many of my early fantasies. <laughs> I'll leave that alone. <laughs> she she would make an an occasional appearance. <laughs> Dave Mira passed away. Who? Dave Mira. Who the hell is Dave? The Miracle Boy. Um, the finest bike rider to ever ride a bike. He was a X Games champion who um committed suicide. I guess he had, had depression. But I think he has oh, the man. record for most X Games golds. Uh I think period for a while, certainly in the the genre of BMX, um um, you know, as far as bikes, he he he's still the guy. What was was Cold blood had video games and everything. Like there, there's like a Dave Mirror video game, but yeah, D- Dave Mirror was was the coldest. Okay, yeah. Uh, who else do we have? John McLaughlin of the McLaughlin Group. Boy, you're 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 reaching. <laughs> PBS's uh, uh, weekly political roundtable show host, um, known known for. Um, um, he was parodied by Saturday Night Live, and this was a, a a big thing for a while. But yeah, that that was always um, be, before we got to the political punditry that we have now. That was um, probably the show of record, and uh, and and never missed a, a show until until death made him miss an episode. <laughs> that, that was the only thing that could take him away. Uh, you got somebody people have heard of. I just want to throw this out there. Uh, you yeah. do realize that uh, Joni Lore or China, is, as they call her, passed away this year. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. What do you remember about her, Mario? Well, I remember she was the first ever uh, women intercontinental champion. She was the only woman intercontinental champion in WWE history. Uh, she also was the former girlfriend of Hunter Hearst Hemsley, uh, Triple H, in real in real life, but on the wrestling stage, she was his bodyguard okay. and or DX partner. What did she die She of? was also, uh, well, she overdosed uh, okay. on, like, painkillers. But what all of yeah, she wrestlers died. Yeah, yeah. She was, uh, she was married to the guy X-Pac, as you might know him as. Who's that? The X-Pac, X-Pac, formerly the, the one, two, three kid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it, it was like, he, he was abusive to her in the relationship. And, That's a shame. Yeah. It's weird because like 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 if she can be if you could be abusive towards China, then you then that speaks to the degree of of men being stronger than women. Because to China, China is the last person. If you were China's boyfriend, I would figure that you on some level liked um, being dominated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? Like, like that would that that would almost be the soul of because I mean, this is this was I mean, and she was she was weirdly attractive, you know what I'm saying? But she was big as hell, like as weirdly's like, right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not it's it's not it's it, it's um she's someone you wouldn't bring bring over for um to to the family. <laughs> 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 it would be weird to to invite invite China over uh, for for the holidays right, and said, uh, right. "Yeah, this is this 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 is me. This, this is what this, what, what I'm doing right now." This is my boo, rest in peace, China. Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder, age eighty three. 
Willy Wonka. I hadn't seen him in 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 years, so it, it kind of was, was it hurt, but it, you didn't see him age, so you know, right? I, I still like I don't really remember Gene Wilder post like the Richard Pryor movies of the eighties yeah. or whatever. But but um, Willy Wonka is such a classic. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I mean, even that song, like 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 I was. I was hoping when someone did the montages of death this year that that was the song they used, the pure imagination song, because uh-huh. that that seems to set the the melancholy yet ethereal mood um, that the the world beyond big words, holds. man. Yeah, yeah. Jose Fernandez, don't drink and boat, people. Oh, it was more than that. What they, else was? It? Yeah, coke in his system. Don't don't snort up and boat, <laughs> people. It's a very Jose Fernandez had the most Miami death possible, <laughs> and we'll, we'll leave it at that. To, <laughs> to 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 be on coke and die in a speedboat. I literally can't, can think of anything more Miami if we don't involve a a white suit and a and a and a and a dolphin involved. <laughs> Arnold Palmer. The most popular golfer ever um, popularized the game was not as good as his contemporary um, Jack Nicholson, but was was really the person that brought the the ratings in when golf had its initial surge in popularity. I guess in like the fifties and sixties, and was like a really like like cool dude. He he really looked the part. Like like he kind of you know reminded you of like almost like a a Rat Pack-esque um, golfer or whatever and was kind of unique in that respect and, and and one of the first dudes to just really make a, a ton of money outside of, of sports with endorsements. Yeah. I mean, he, he was he was kind of the king of that even, even you know, going on to, to when he died. He was still in the commercials with um, – with like Kevin Nealon and and, right. and, the, and the NASCAR driver, and um you know got a drink named after drink. him. So so that drink is huge. If you get a drink named after you, you live forever. So I mean I'm just saying, people get a drink. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of people who've died that we don't know of, but but we but if you get a drink named after Shirley Temple, Shirley Temple is. is, is is, is alive today and, and, and in somebody's body. Let me get a Glenn Riley. Yeah. You know what a Glenn Riley is? It's just a cold RC and painkillers. <laughs> what else you got? Mm, are we it? Buddy Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Shoot. The, the um, 46 defense. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only coordinator to be carried off in the Super Bowl. Um <laughs> More, more or less, a a a jerk to uh to Mike Ditka. Um, felt that he didn't really have to to um. The the situation was essentially George Hallis, the owner of the Bears, um, got rid of the coach, but the defense wrote a letter to George Hallis that they not fire mm-hmm. Buddy because they felt that they were really on the verge of being great. So. Hallis doesn't give Buddy the head coaching job, but he hires Ditka, but basically leaves Buddy, and they're kind of like 
Dicker can't touch the defense. Mm -hmm. So you had a weird situation in which one guy felt um, as if he was untouchable to the head coach. And it really kind of split the sides of of offense and defense on the team. It was was a really bizarre situation. But um, at the end of the day, Dick could basically concede that, like, hey, how many did did how many Super Bowls did I win without Buddy, and how many Super Bowls did Buddy win without me? So mm-hmm. maybe we should have tried a little hard to get along. Yeah, without doubt. Carol Brady, the Brady Bunch, Florence the, Henderson, Florence Henderson, sir, <laughs> that Carol Brady. Yeah, in the eighty two. She didn't look eighty two. She did. Yeah, she 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 looked great for her age and and, uh, and really kept up. I always say on the um, the tic-tac-toe board of life, Carol Brady will always be top row, second square. That was good. It's my material, man. Some things I write down before I come in. Most things I don't. The penless Glenn Riley. That, that one's right here. <laughs> Fidel Castro. Like t- I said, a lot of a lot of people don't like me praising Castro, but uh, not not. You gonna get an email after this? Not, not beloved in a lot of circles, but but hey, Castro, uh, what was was the tormentor of of eleven presidents? Yep, and and, and often had more progressive views than, than they did on, on on issues such as health care. And his Adidas sweatsuit. And his Adidas sweatsuit. That that man repped Adidas um, as equal as, 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 as either Run, DMC, or Jam Master J did. Absolutely. He stayed with it. <laughs> Ron Glass passed away. Yeah. he A Barney was, Miller fame. Two, two, the other guy, Abe, somebody yeah, else. He did, yeah, yeah. Two, two Barney Miller. So, so Barney Miller reunion got, got a lot less interesting <laughs> uh, this year. Ron Glass was also in one of my favorite college movies, and that was House Guest with uh, Sinbad. Okay. Yep. I talked to Sinbad about that movie, House Guest, and he did not like that movie he was in. Oh, wow. Yeah, I kind of was all hyped because I was like, yeah, man. I said, when we were in college, we used to watch House Guest and, and uh, Friday with Ice Cube. That was like our two favorite movies, and he's like, I didn't like that movie. Keep a movie. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I ain't like that movie. Who else you have? Zsa Gabor. Zsa Known for her divorces. Yep. And the quote, I'm an excellent housekeeper. Whenever I get divorced, I keep the house. <laughs> Alan Thick. Oh, man. More than just Robin Thick's dad, he was the father on Full House. Yep, no doubt. Kirk Cameron got weirdly religious afterwards, uh-huh. but Alan Thick remained Alan Thick. He just seemed like a good dude. Yeah, he's like a cool, cool guy. Yeah. I, 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 I rocks with Alan Thicke. I always forget uh, DiCaprio was on that show. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. He was like the what? He was a younger. Was he a young cousin or something? I thought he was a friend, but okay, a friend of friend of yeah, uh, yeah. What was the guy? Oh, uh, shoot, I forget the other kids. That was Jonathan Taylor Thomas. No, that was that was Watch That was that was the other show. Yeah, yeah. That was weird. Like that show ended kind of abruptly too. I don't remember how it ended. I don't either. But but it didn't seem. It's not like it, it was really high in the rating. It should have lasted longer. And it was always weird that you know, like like Robin Thicke was his kid. Like okay, like um, you know, 
it made me think of of Alan Thickens being way cool because like okay your your son is like a like like a, a top five R and B singer yeah, yeah. of, of two thousand and nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that one was sad. Uh, John Glenn. John Glenn. Yep. Who I was named after. All right. I don't know. I think that that that, that had something to do with. It. I'm not sure because my mom wanted to give me the same initials as my father, but my father has the name of G R A. TZ, Gratz, and my mom was not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> she made a good choice. Yeah. Uh, we talked about earlier Craig Sager. Yeah. Yeah, died at 65. Who else? Mm, I think I'm about out. George uh, Michael. Yeah, well, the, 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 this past week, um, That was another one that no one really had on on the radar. No. Um, wham, I liked his, his wham music probably more than I liked his solo stuff. Really? I mean, Faith is cut. Um, he had the one video. There was a point in time in which George Michael, I think, had had was rebelling against his label and refused to do videos. Uh huh. And they had this video in which they had like all the supermodels in it. And it kind of like was, it's like a fashion moment because it was like the first time, you know, people, I don't know, I don't know how many people outside of the mainstream was familiar with like the names of, of the quote unquote supermodels. So it's like Naomi Campbell and and Linda Evangelista and, uh-huh. and, and really like an A-list, uh, maybe the top I don't know, seven or eight uh, models of like the early nineties. And that was kind of like a, a, a moment for that to, to like cross over. Um, Wake me up before you go, go. That was my jam. That was cut. Um, if ever I want to wear a white shirt with large black letters on it, <laughs> it, 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 it was, it was after that. Um, in the eighties, we didn't know people were gay. <laughs> I remember going to um, school and and the white girls would have George Michael pictures in their locker just just, just up and down. Uh-huh. And then like maybe in the nineties, like, oh George Michael's gay. Yeah, yeah. Like, cool. They didn't like. I guess they didn't know. Right. But I mean, I don't know. I guess girls like like you know in the nineties were like on Ricky Martin. It's like, oh okay, yeah. Ricky Martin's not not reciprocating that love, most likely. <laughs> <laughs> love uh, is love. Anything else on George Michael? What do you share, share the name of um, Sports Machines? George Michael that died uh, maybe five years. Oh yeah, previous. The yeah. Sports Machine. Sports Machine. There are some. We brought up some great shows. Sports, sports <laughs> Machine before ESPN. Before ESPN, you you relied on Sports Machine. Oh yeah, and, and he was acting as though the machine was doing it. It was so late at night too, wasn't it? Did oh, it come it's, late? yeah. It was. It was like late on Saturday night, like after after the news went off, maybe eleven thirty, twelve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sports Machine. What are you What are you drinking, by the way? I've not this, seen that before. This is Gatorade. I love this bottle, by the way. This is Gatorade Organic. I did some I reading it on it. It's probably um, mm-hmm. probably no more better better for you than regular Gatorade. It's probably toxic as all get out, but um, hmm. it's pretty good. My next, uh, I'm gonna fill these up with pennies, and I'm gonna be on Facebook, and I'm gonna ask people to guess. Whoever guesses closest, they get a twenty. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Carrie Fisher. Princess Leia. 
I thought, you know, when she passed away and I saw it on Twitter, you know, I was like, man. You threw up your hand and said, said, said this is too much. Well, I didn't realize the impact that she really had. Like when I went on Facebook, okay, I was like, man, like all kind of people really, you know, I'm not going to say, I mean, obviously people didn't know her, so they're not, you know, crying about it like they were like, you know, Prince of Muhammad Ali were touched. But a lot of people grew up on Star Wars, and I know – Mario's shaking his head because he has no idea. No, Mario loves Star Wars. The Star Wars. I mean, you you're not a huge, huge Star Wars. Uh, I'm not a fan at all, really. Fan, but <laughs> I mean, you're familiar with Princess yeah, yeah, Leia, and you, yeah. you 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 appreciate her. Yeah, I know the, icon- the, the iconography of the of the of the series. Yeah. So, and then and then with her mother uh, passing shortly thereafter. Yeah. You know, which 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 goes into uh, discussions we've had. Um, yeah, when people die. Yeah, I mean, and her mom really was Debbie Reynolds was really, um, you know, had a, 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 you know, really a bigger career than than um, than than Carrie Fisher. Yeah, did. yeah. And she was, um, um, was Eddie Fisher, who was like a, a outlier Rat Pack member, mm-hmm. and I think he leaves um, her at some point. That was kind of you know. A scandal in, in in its time or whatever, um, mm-hmm. but she was always, um, you know, a real pistol, as they say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but yeah, if you see pictures of her back in the day, she was like 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 super like like kind of innocent. She was talking about how she um, had to learn to dance with like um, um, like Gene Kelly or whatever, and had to had to get 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 the dance moves right or whatever. And it's like this scene of her dance is like a trip. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, in, in 2017, who who do you have? Who's on my short on list of death? Yeah, who's on alert? Oh, uh, we're seeing Cosby. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, after all this this this, this gone down, you've got to think that Bill Cosby might not have. Um, well, what's he living for at this point? Because you can't have a career, and like I said, I don't know what people think of Bill Cosby, but like. I just don't think 50 women accuse you of drugging them. And, you know, and, and the whole thing with his lawyers and stuff and, and, and to the degree that he's admitted some of this stuff on depositions is kind of like, you know, what, what can be said? Like, like, like he, <laughs> he did it. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Right, like, yeah. like, but like this, if three people say you raped them, you've got a problem. Right. <laughs> when, when 53 say it, say <laughs> right. it, it's like, come on now. Right. So yeah, so so I I don't really know what to fe- feel about Bill Cosby because he obviously did a lot of great things, and you know obviously with you know black people are are, are really defensive when it comes to you know certain folks that have have done have been you know done good by the community, but I mean you know you just can't can't you know let certain stuff stuff slide like like yeah. th- that like that that's insane, and you know. I just don't, you know, he's, he's no longer viable. Like I don't know what you know. I, I'm not, I'm not wishing somebody dies, but I certainly, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to see a Bill Cosby concert. Right. So you know who does a Bill Cosby imitation? Sam Dunn. <laughs> Look to your left. Oh man, I'm, I'm not gonna. We're not, we're not gonna <laughs> do this. Mario. 
<laughs> do you still do the Bill Cosby imitation, Mario? I do not. I, I no longer do that. I oh, retired uh, it. He retired, retired it? He retired it when the scandal came. Mario's, Mario's Bill Cosby imitation had a scandal of its own. <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, Mario used to, remember he used to do it at a, at a corporate? Yeah. Remember I, that? I did it for a while, yeah. <laughs> I tell it, you what, it had a it had a good run. <laughs> oh, I, I'm oh, gonna man. I'm gonna tell you somebody that they need to really put a um, <clears throat> um, bubble wrap around, and that's that's my guy Stevie Wonder. Okay, and I I don't know why you you, you got a, a England and Stevie might be be on the clock. I don't know, man. I just always worry about Stevie. He's my you know he's my favorite artist of all time musically mm-hmm. and um it seems like we should just have a reprieve this year like just no one should just, <laughs> just of, of, of any note we should just be able to to, to skirt through like, right. like twi- you you we're good 2017 right. we're good right no doubt well let's hey let's let's jump into our blast from the past we've got a uh we've got a song and i think you've got a inkling of who it might be um we talked earlier about prince and prince passing away and um Dave Chappelle uh, did some skits uh, with with Prince and a skit with Rick James, and that that got me looking at some things with uh, Rick James, which then led me to Eddie Murphy. Okay, Eddie Murphy, the comedian actor, also had some musical hits. He had a recording career, people. Believe it or not, on yeah. May twenty third, nineteen eighty five. He had a single called Party All the Time. <laughs> sure he did. Which was the lead single off his album, How Could It Be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How could it? Which the majority of it was produced and written by, by Rick, James. Rick James. Correct. <laughs> now, believe it or not, this song, Party All the Time, to this day, to this day, Glenn, is a huge hit in Scotland. <laughs> it, <laughs> what? It, it is played in nightclubs all over Scotland because... The soccer team, the St. Johnston FC, okay, made it their club anthem. God bless them for over sixteen years. Got to, got to get a a, a a jersey for them. <laughs> Therefore, party all the time, become a hit. That's the best part. Yeah, that bass line is on point. It's Rick. Yeah. You that's, know that song is 80s as F. Oh, no <laughs> doubt about it. And what I loved about that 80s was, and something that doesn't appear in music anymore. Synthesize. The double clap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, real talk. <laughs> double clap. That's a moment. Oh, and I tell you, man, we've got a one day, man. We got to just do a whole podcast on, on the video and and the song um, "Ebony Eyes." <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? The video of Smokey Robinson mm-hmm. and, and, and Rick James of "Ebony Eyes" it, it, it is insane. Like, I don't. I don't think I remember that. I, I remember the song, but I don't remember the video. Yeah, you watch the video. I'm, I'm just saying, um, they're pilots. They're pilots. They're pilots, and they crashed on an island. Um, 
with 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 two women. It, it's 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 insane. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna save that one. Yeah. Well, uh, did did you did you own any Eddie Murphy music? <laughs> <laughs> this needs no. to be a question of all our guests from now on. Do you own any Eddie? No, no. Yeah, I, I've I, I've I've all all his albums. <laughs> How long did he keep doing it? Because he kept doing it, didn't he? He didn't he didn't stop. He yeah. Well, what he did, he also made prior prior to this, he was making uh, comedic music. So okay. I wouldn't say it was like like Yankovic. Or it, it, like it, well, yeah, it wasn't like like you know that type. But he was uh, I think he had a song called uh, "Boogies in Your Butt." Remember that? Okay. There were a couple other songs. Well, I mean, he put used your that mouth one. on me. Which, yeah, yeah, which yeah. Was, yeah, but that, that was. That was after this, right? But what what happens is a lot of these guys they would do impressions, and while doing the they would do like singing impressions. Like, oh, by the way, I can I can actually you know this sounds good. And then they get carried away with it, right? And then, you know, like I guess that's also what Jamie Fox did. But Jamie Fox is I don't know. Like, does Jamie Fox really care about making music anymore? Because Jamie Fox, oh, yeah. if he stuck at it, he would be larger than than, than most of these guys right now. Like a Jamie yeah. Foxx album would be larger than an Usher album right now. Here's the problem that I that I've always said. I, I think Jamie Foxx is super talented. Yeah, I mean he can play the instruments, he can write the music, he can then you know sing it. He's also a good comedian. He's he's a good actor. I think he's too good at too many things. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's that's, that's what I suffer from. That's how you feel. That's that's, that's what what was what holds me back. Yeah, but you know, you know, Eddie did a reggae album. Do you remember that? <laughs> no. Did you, Mario? You, did you ever hear that? Yeah, he has a he has a reggae album. That, oh wow! I mean, this is the last like maybe I never three. Want, I never want to hear an Eddie Murphy song again after just listening <laughs> to that. I just want to tell you that. <laughs> well, listen, it was like three or four years ago. Okay. Um, apparently Eddie Murphy in his in his house has a studio and he and he still records <laughs> he's been, music. He's got more music than Prince. Oh man, how funny would that be if if Eddie Murphy passed away? And he had a vault of just hits. Well, here's the thing. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take in life. Mm -hmm. And if you make enough music, you surely have something that's good. Right. So, I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever going to comb the minds of Eddie Murphy's, you know, musical vaults the same way you would with Prince. But if you did, like, Party All The Time, for its time, was... A A level song. Yeah. So who's to say? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just it's just crazy. Like because we would never evaluate. Like I make music. I have you know like it's a uh, MTV music generator thing. Me and a couple friends of mine mess with it, and we got songs that people done rapped over and stuff. And it's you know it's semi legitimate on the level that it is. Mm -hmm. But like some of my Can favorite music. In? Can you bring that in? Yeah, some of, like well, I already said like if we ever got large enough and and, and KMD came at us that we couldn't um, you mm -hmm. know use whatever, you know, like okay, we got to you know just use some stuff that I made. But a couple of songs that I made are like amongst my favorite songs. But I mean, if you make a wait, thousand wait, 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 wait. songs amongst your favorite songs of that I like to listen to. Oh, you wow. know what I'm saying. But I mean, but so you, you bump your own music in your car? Well, I mean. Have you? Yeah, no doubt. Okay. But I'm saying, but if you make a thousand songs, you're going to like. <laughs> You've made a thousand songs? I've made probably a thousand beats. I like, okay. not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not singing on them. Or, or, I mean, I've rapping on a couple. Can you bring in next episode at least one song? 
Yeah, I mean, they're, more, they're mainly instrumentals, but yeah. No, I want something with the vote. You got something with the... Uh, not really. I mean, you've heard Southern 500. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that that's on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to bring that one in, dude. <laughs> that, that's out there. Next next episode, we're, we're definitely... Yeah, people don't want to hear that. The people want to hear it. <laughs> Mario and I want it. Mario, do you want to hear it? No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, see, there, there you go. I'm going to be honest with you. Mario represents the people. Well, hey, one thing, next episode, I want to talk uh, more about college basketball, pro basketball. We really got to get, get into that. We need to hear where uh, DeMarcus Cousins and I, I didn't get a chance to, to, to get, get the Paul George, and I didn't get into um, Mario saying on, on the Practice Time podcast that um, the Giants should have drafted Jarvis Landry ahead of o- Odell Beckham. You said that, Mario? I did say that. I said I like him. I like him personally better. Well, I'm asking what would you like? Who would you like to to, I, to I shake hands with? I think he's a better receiver. You, so you think he's better than the the, the 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 person who has the second most yardage, and and and, and all time most catches in, in a three year um, span well, to start I also, his career. I also think that his offense helps him achieve these uh, records because I mean, as you would know, as, as most people know. Systems make players majority of the times. But if you're the number one all time, he basically has a thousand yards more than Landry in three years, and he's missed six games. Yeah, that's that's credible. But but I don't know if you know, but him and Landry actually have both share the record for most receptions in the first three years. They're, they they both have two hundred eighty eight. So that that's that's a thing. But but. Yeah, no, I, I, res- I respect all your your opinions on when it comes to sports, but I just think that my opinions are more valid. But yeah. that's, that's <laughs> but, 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 but no, no one thinks that Jarvis Land, no one thinks that 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 that, that they should have drafted Jarvis Landry ahead that's, of Odell Beckham. That's not true at all. Because if you go back and look at my drafts, there were certain people that did have Landry. I'm talking about now, though. No one, no one in, in retrospect thinks that. But that. I also believe that that's not true because there are a lot of people that believe not a that lot, not a lot. There Statistically, are, there, very few. Percentage-wise, very few. There are a lot of people that really think that Jarvis Landry, if he were in a different system, would have way better numbers. And, and but I would can, he have the second most all time? It, so you said it would if, be. If you said it would be be Randy Moss, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, if he was in the Giants offense. I'm saying if he were in a, if he were in an offense that that was of that caliber, yeah. But the Giants' offense isn't considered no 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 like like. But it's a vertical. But it's a vertical offense. The Miami but he doesn't Dolphins, make make the, make great. Who was the last um, receiver that just ripped up the league with 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 um, with Manning? I mean, it's not like he's just, just like Sicko Burris. He wasn't 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 he, doing he, Jar. He, he wasn't doing doing Odell Beckham numbers. Well, he was also an older player, but he also had he also had really good numbers. And Victor he was in New Cruz, York. Victor Cruz wasn't putting up Odell Beckham numbers. And well, if Victor Cruz wouldn't got hurt, he probably would have. No, he wouldn't have. Because why didn't he? Well, why didn't he? He was healthy a year. He was he, healthy a year, and he put up really good numbers. He didn't put up. He didn't he, put he up. He did, and he got a really big contract because of that. But he because but I mean he didn't put no one. He never put up Odell Beckham numbers. He never was putting up up, up fifteen hundred yards. Hey Mario, you need to have Glenn on the Practice Time podcast, okay? It'll be good for the ratings. <laughs> you gonna you gonna have him on there one day, Mario? No further comments. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, next uh, next episode, 
Uh, we're going to have on former Super Bowl champ, Baltimore Ravens player, Brad Jackson. Oh, okay. Who's working as a studio analyst uh, for the Ravens. He's going to come on and talk a little bit about the uh, playoffs. So it'll be good to hear from uh, Brad. He's also very good friends with Ray Lewis. Oh, okay. We'll ask him a little bit about Ray Lewis's trip to the uh, White House. Oh, oh, okay. No, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't the White House. It was um, Trump Towers to okay. meet with uh, Donald Trump. Oh, okay. So we'll, we'll talk with Brad. Brad's a good friend. And um, i got another walk-on for Walk-Ons Against the World. But uh, we'll get into all that stuff next episode. Uh, but this one, hey, I thought it was good stuff. Good yep. to have Rob Parker on and, and get uh, Glenn's knowledge of – of, 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 the, of the dead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mario. Mario, one thing I want to tell you is thank you for all your work yep. this past year and this coming year with the No Further Comments podcast. All right, Mario. Nothing but love, brother. Glenn, same to you. Yep. All right. Thank you for listening to the No Further Comments podcast. I'm Alex Meacham, signing off. R.I.P. Harambe. Ha <laughs> ha.